Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 153, Hogwarts Legacy, the best licensed game of the year. With me, George, and as always joined this week by RGT and Seb, Hogwarts to my warts down there. How's it going? <laughs> uh, it's going better than you're down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what an intro. In, in, in true Hogwarts style, I should probably uh, smear some Wiggerwell potion on there. But as my potions teacher taught me last night, can cure a lot of things, but not everything. Mm. Uh, gentlemen, let's start with you, RGT. You've been AWOL. Uh, no letter from Mumsy about where you've been. Uh, what have you been up to? Um, uh, busy with work, but also been playing a lot of games. Unacceptable for a gaming podcast. Mm. Heretic. <laughs> yeah, and different games. Wow. Okay. Uh, mm. That's the big news of the show. That's the big mm. news. Well, well, we'll get into that. Let's Before we launch into that, Seb? How's your week been? How are you feeling in yourself? Been good, been good. Power levels over nine thousand, and everything's pretty good. It's Super Bowl Sunday here, so excited about that. Going to eat a whole bunch of junk food and watch the big game. Wow, sounds like my every day. <laughs> <laughs> News from the front line of gaming: Bobby will be back with us next week, so the the real hero of the show is back. You can all breathe a sigh of relief, which is excellent news. Looking forward to welcoming the gaming mastodon with the face of a cherub back on the show um but before things get a little bit too relaxed let me a cracker the whip as i ask you oh hang on odders just just grip this feisty looking bullwhip friend as i ask these gentlemen what are you been playing and seeing as he wafted the stinky cheese under our nose of different games and I'm, before we get into it, I must veto all talk of Hogwarts Legacy until after the news. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Okay. Done. RGT? Yes. What have you been playing? Right. We're going to need a drum roll here. Uh, Listen. Oh, wow. Stella. Repeat, ah. I have finished Harvestella. Re- rewind. That's amazing news, but mm. Seb's initial drum roll sounded like he had kind of, <laughs> I don't know, glitched. It was like yeah, a was... loaded drum roll noise. It was like, <laughs> it's a lot crying. <laughs> It is. It was uh, because I was like, I was trying to compute in my brain. I'm like, how do I do a drum roll with my mouth? And then it's just like, (laughs) my brain didn't catch it. Like, my whole body did not react to the way my like brain was thinking. Okay, that is not how a drum roll sounded. And then it's like it crashed. And then it just rebooted everything. Like, okay, I'm gonna go. I think. Okay, by the midway point in the in the drum roll, I was just like, okay, that's when I kind of aired back and like rebooted my whole body and I was just like okay I think that's closer <laughs> to a drum roll <laughs> oh George is I gone I just saw this big circle <laughs> on your face it just was like loading it was <laughs> it really was buffering buffering <laughs> okay that all to one side please t- tell us about you finished Harvestella I, I, yes at this point he's banned from the it show it is dead but, it is okay. gone 
You won't hear of Harvest Stellar anymore. It is dead. Was it any I'm... good? No, no, no. How many hours was put into the the final the final boss or into like into the final game? That's why I want to know. How many hours did it take? Um, the final boss weren't too bad. Actually, George helped me with that because I kept getting the final boss down, all his health down, and then he just wouldn't die. And then George said, well, maybe you have to do like, a special move or one of your, your special magics on him to kill him. And I thought, oh, I'll try that. And that, that was it. You had to just finish with a with a special. So I think in total... I, Top life is, lesson, mate, always finish with a special. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you didn't um, know how to come back for that you, one. You, no, you threw me. Um, <laughs> See, his brain was rebooting now. His brain was rebooting. Anywho, um, I put um, I put about hundred and twenty hours in. I think in total. Okay, that's not bad. That's not mm. bad. So overall, did you love the game? Yeah, yeah, I've, um, yeah. I, I really did enjoy it. I mean, that's not. I'm not normally into JRPGs, and I suppose this is a JRPG action one. Um, but yeah, I did really enjoy it. It was a good story. It's a bit complicated story, but really quite interesting. A bit of time travel and you know links to Earth and bits and pieces. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was nice to get once I was about eighty nine hours in. I had to see the end game and get it done. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed that. So you won't be hearing of Harvestella anymore. Um, Spider Man. I have finished that PS five version, the upgraded version. I um, just need to. I've got one trophy left, and then that is done for platinum. Um, I'm loving that though. That playing through that, I've, I've put fifty hours in that. Um, I'm absolutely loving that. Um, that is absolutely phenomenal. It's just the upgraded graphics. I've been playing at 120 hertz, a smooth. Um, oh, just getting back in that world is phenomenal. You, you know, and then you start to realise how good insomniac are at these sort of games absolutely brilliant um and on your recommendation said i've started playing a little bit of um the night witch yeah how you liking it yeah very very good um i've just done i've only just done the first level so i've only played sort of about an hour in um but yeah really good yeah it's good for an indie indie game is quite a bit of you know Love gone into that, I think. It's a good little story, lovely graphics, great controls. Um, and it's that, something that little bit different. It reminds me a bit of, um, was it Death Smiles on the Xbox 360? That sort of yeah, shooter. Yeah, I got that yeah. vibe. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of that. But, um, yeah, re- I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that this week, so that's been very good. Um, and the other thing was yesterday starting Hogwarts Legacy. So, which, um, which trophy do you need for Spider-Man? Uh, the all the suits. Okay, that's not too. That's not too bad. Yeah, when you the- when you start your second playthrough, that will pop because that yeah. will be easy to get hold of. Yeah, yeah. I've just got to do the new game plus. I've this. I've done all the other trophies in one game. I'll start new game plus this week. Wait, know. hang on. What about upgrade all? What about upgrade all your gadgets? You, no, you don't, you don't have to upgrade all gadgets for trophy. You do go into your trophies and start looking at the supplementary content, RGT. Yeah. You, you go in, and then there's like a new game plus one, and then there's a remastered oh, yeah, but, one. And Yeah, but I mean for the platinum, for the upgraded one. That's on a separate little trophy list. <sighs> Are you also um, getting the platinum for the DLC, ver- like all the DLC ones too? Because there was like a separate platinum for that, I believe. Yeah, I'm just doing the main story at the moment, platinum that okay. game, and then I'm going to go into the DLCs. 
and, and play through I, I see that remastered package sitting on my hard drive for as long as I have a PS5 because it's just, oh, I'm a bit bored. I'm between games. I know what I'll do. I'll dip in here. Um, yeah, the controls are brilliant. You can just jump in and out. You know, some games you need to remember all the controls, not with Spider-Man. You just jump in, you know, you ran the city. Swinging. There's a lot of muscle memory in that game. Have yeah. both of y'all updated your SSDs in the in your PS5s? No. I will okay. be doing that this year. And quite, I will, sorry, Carol George. I was going to say, I'm also going to give the PS4 Pro an SSD upgrade as well. It's going to get the PS3 effect. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I've, um, I haven't, yeah, I'm quite good at my management. I still, I've always got 200 gig spare when I finish a game, delete delete the game off, a, off the drive and just keep the, you know, obviously you keep the save date and I think if you live like that, for yeah. the most part at the moment, the storage upgrade seems a little bit unnecessary, but yeah. uh, you yeah, know, I'm sure the time will come. Mm. Yeah, yeah. These, these games are getting massive. <laughs> They're getting really <laughs> massive, so I was just like, you yeah. either got to have the SSD or like, um, I usually have like a, a portable SSD attached um, to one of the back, um, one of the back like slots in there, the USB slots, and that, okay, that yeah. like... I have all my PS4 games on that portable SSD and run them straight off of that hard drive. And it's almost almost to the same effect of having them on the PS5 natively. Mm-hmm, that's a good idea. Yeah, I've got a friend who does that, just has all the PS4 mm-hmm. versions on a on a hard drive at the back. It's a good idea, really, keep them stored separately and just leaves you space then for your, for your PS5 versions. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Is that you gamed out, RGT? Obviously, you can't talk about HL because that's nope. what the, the show's built around. Uh, okay, then said, what have you been playing? Man, um, I have been playing uh, just a little bit of everything. Um, been jumping back into some of the some of the nice things that I kind of missed throughout um, throughout the back half of the year. So I've been kind of playing that. Um, been playing those games, polishing it up. Hi-Fi Life, Hi-Fi Rush is is like a treat in a gym. Absolutely a game of the year contender at this point mm-hmm. in time. I like So I've been playing through that and that's been amazing and fun. So I, I think Hi-Fi Rush has been taking over most of my time outside of the topic of the show. Mm. Okay. Um. Well, that just leaves good old me. Um, I'm trying to think what I have been playing. Oh, been playing some Death Stranding, uh, director's cut. Absolutely, still loving that. I don't know what it is about the game. I just it's beautiful. Off mm. the back of that, I decided to. I've never played Metal Gear Solid Five through. I've played the Phantom Pain test bed, I suppose, uh, and enjoyed that. But getting into Five, I've actually been really enjoying that. It's a it's a nice amalgamation of a, a few games that <clears throat> I've enjoyed: Peace Walker on PSP and Metal Gear Solid Four, and in a way, Odes to retrospectively Death Stranding as well. I know that it it followed those games, but you can see the the genesis of it in there, which is <clears throat> which is wonderful. Uh, as always, some Chaser Eyes and Express that never seems to go away. Um, but you'll be pleased to hear F1 Manager has been deleted from the hard drive and the disc is back in its box and the box is on the shelf. Platinum. Oh, no. Extracted. Oh, no. <laughs> but don't you <laughs> cry about that. There's nothing for you to worry about there. Um, all done. I think I've seen everything out to offer, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, and then trying to think what else I've been playing. That, that might be just about it. I did uh, forget a game, actually. I remember the game. I've got another Platinum as well. Oh, look out. The drop of yeah. light rain. 
Yeah, I played them. Um, I had a go on that um, Pinball Heroes, the PSP version on the PS Plus Premium. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was playing for that. That's that's a good little game. Man. What you platinum that? Yes. Uh, is that a my name? I'm, I'm proud of that. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Not like a my name is Mayo kind of platinum or anything like that. No, no, no. It's not quite that bad. I mean, it is a little easy, but it's not quite mm-hmm. that bad. How long um, did it take for you to achieve the platinum? And was there any skill involved? Oh, I was playing that for oh, a good, good sort of ten minutes. No, seriously, I was playing it for about <laughs> no a couple of hours. I suppose. What, what's the name of it again? <laughs> <laughs> Pinball. Um, yeah, pinball heroes. Heroes. Yeah, okay. and then that's quite good because the boards are like Sony exclusives. So you got an Uncharted board. Um, I don't remember the others. That's how good that was to remember. Well, to if me. it's from the PSP, you're going to be like Kill Zone, Little Big Planet, all that sort of stuff. Probably. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, pretty much was. Yeah, that's no, a good little game. That that's a good one to uh, good good one to platinum. Okay, uh, just on the uh, you know them classics. So George, it seems like you're you're marathoning through Hideo Kojima games, so to speak. What's going to be next on your list after Death Stranding? Death Stranding two. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is a revisit for Assassin's Creed when you just went through the nearly no, the library. I don't know. I was I was researching and wondering whether I should go through them um, in a in chronological order. I thought mm-hmm. that would be an exciting thing to try. Um, but I don't know how sort of swept up on that idea I am and whether I want to play the sort of, I can't remember the system they're on, but let's say the NES original. <clears throat> don't think I've got the patience for that. Because I remember when I had a Game Boy and there was Metal Gear on that. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, you can all have your Metal Gear on PlayStation. See, if I care, I've got Metal Gear on the game. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Metal Gear on the Game Boy, it's not what I wanted. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> it's definitely different. It's definitely a heart back to the top now. It doesn't make it a bad game by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly was a very different game. Mm. Um, and not the sort of thing you're looking for when everyone else is playing, you know, Metal Gear 2 and <laughs> things like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know whether I will I will go through that. Um, I like his style, especially as it's matured into something completely different in, in Death Stranding. Um, I just feel that's more my cup of tea, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, if you were to bring out something a little bit more action-orientated, I'd don't know as it test necessarily vibe with me i like the forgiveness of metal gear solid 5 for sure you know the large open areas that kind of do what you want and get away with it whereas in earlier metal gears you could forge your own path but there were certain things you just weren't going to be able to get away with combat encounters and things like that weren't necessarily as easy and, and more mm. and quickly led to a game over rather than uh don't worry about it one just run a away 10 miles in the other direction yeah. on your pony let everything simmer down and wait till night time and come back um it just seems to lend itself to probably a more casual metal gear fan and mm. certainly someone coming at it from the other way around the wrong way down a one-way street that's me um with so that let all... me ask you there oh. um before you before you segue into the news here 
Um, a whole bunch of the games were announced for Nintendo, especially, you know, being the Nintendo online collection for the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. If this had been announced for, for that the, for that collection, would you have jumped back in? If this had it, if Metal Gear had been announced for the Game Boy collection. Yeah. So I would could play it on the back Switch. In? Yeah. No, I'd actually treat that announcement with fear and revision because it would be like I almost <laughs> would have to do it now. And I <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but no, that you know, from a historical legacy, I think it would be good that that there was a platform where it was all available. Now I'm sure I've got on PS3, maybe, and maybe on Vita. But I had like a no, I've got an HD collection, but I haven't got the Legacy collection. I believe the Legacy collection holds all of the games to that point mm. on that platform. Yeah. And uh, if anyone's got a spare copy holding up the TV unit, uh, give me a shout. Uh, would be doubtful. I've tried to track it. I like to track down games in the wild. I don't like to just revert to eBay. I feel it's cheating a little bit. Mm. I see CEX as the wild. Don't get me wrong. I know it's a, a place where games get sold. So if I see it in their happy days. And I've seen it in there once, um, but it was being sold without the other stuff, like the slipcase and the, the book. And I just thought to myself, I'm not paying full whack. Mm for a third of the meal. It'd be like coming into a restaurant and RGT saying, here, have what's left on my plate, and then the restaurant giving me a bill for that. Um, technically, I suppose they'd be in their rights because we're using their electricity and air. But other than that, I've not really done anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a half-finished RGT meal. There's only one podcast that uses that to describe a second-hand copy of Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, let's jump into it. Uh, it's the news. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, Zelda, Tears of the Storage Space, and Wallet. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has been in development for many years now, and it's suspected to be a rather big game. If you're wondering just how massive Link's and Adventure is, it's officially been confirmed on Nintendo's webpage, listing to be a whopping 18.2 gigabytes in file size. That's actually quite small, but uh, Mm. okay. As highlighted by fans online, this supposedly makes it the biggest first-party title on Nintendo Switch. And no, we're not counting updates or anything like that here. Just the base game its initial release date. That's roughly four gigabytes bigger than The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, coming in at 14.4 gigabytes. Breath of the Wild also happened to be a previous record holder of this title. Uh, One other sizable first-party offering released more recently on the Switch was Xenoblade Chronicles 3, taking up 14 gigabytes. Tears of the Kingdom cost an extra $10, with the price marked at $69.99 US dollars. Nintendo has publicly stated that it does not plan to make this a trend and decides pricing on a case-by-case basis. The file size may have played a part in this decision. Gentlemen, a little bit of interesting uh, things to break into mm. there. Obviously, we had the Nintendo Direct, and that, that was all exciting and good, and we got some great bits of info from there. Um, but the big resonator on the ground is this new price. I would say it's justified if the game's as big as people think it is, if it's all new, if it's got new mechanics and other stuff. There's people still playing the original um, Breath of the Wild game, and they haven't even touched the sides, and they're still playing it. So to charge another sixty nine ninety nine for that, if we break it down on a pound um, to hour ratio, I'd imagine the first game could probably run you into the three hundred hour mark if you just want to be a completionist and run around, see and do everything uh, without a guide, etc. That's an awful lot of time um, distraction 
for the price. Is sixty nine ninety nine Seb too much for a game on the Switch? As, oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. This is egregious. I'm, I'm talking about like this is almost as something that slapped your mama like, bad. Like this is bad. I, I'm gonna be real with you. Like the blasphemy here of like. So you just put out a game in Pokemon and Pokemon Violet and Scarlet that ran ran as bad as Cold Serve, and your hardware is seven years uh, seven years old right now. And then in mid year, in the mid generation, you decide you want to charge an extra ten dollars just because a new Zelda game is coming out. And and yeah, you know, the argument here is that you know it's slightly four gigs bigger, and it might take you up to three hundred hours to be. So does Skyrim. So does any other third party game. Like it's like you get Harvestella, you know, took RGT 10 years to beat at this point. They they <laughs> had no business charging. They had no business charging $70 for the game. This is ridiculous that if the quality of the Nintendo games was up to par as far as like graphically, as far as fidelity wise, as far as like all the the all the like modern enhancements that you'd see in a video game i i i basically shake their hands and say hey you know what you're keeping up with you're keeping up with the rest of the industry more power to you but you're behind in the rest of the industry in all these facets and you want to charge 70 dollars hang, 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 hang on though let me dodge the the, the spit and the vitriol and this all needs to come down to this i guess that means you're not buying it Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now i'm gonna be real with you like i i'm to that point to where i'm like i i'm to that point to where i'm like this isn't a make or break like this isn't a make or break like oh my god i'm i'm gonna have to break on my morals for this like i'm to that point to where i'm like i nintendo's done us dirty and they've done us dirty for a while now and i know everyone's got their price so to speak and i know like if this was i know i'd probably be like caving if this same thing happened if this was god of war so it might be a franchise thing but it's also to the fact to where i'm like they we're mid generation. If you were to put out a new switch, uh, a new switch like a Switch Two or a Switch Pro, then I'd be more power to you. You're you're now I, like I would love it if they called it Super Switch. I was laying in the bath last mm-hmm. night and I thought to myself, sat bolt right in the bath. I thought, yeah, they need to call it the Super Switch. It's <laughs> twice the, as powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, All that branding the, from the nineties SNES needs to get rehashed and thrown on the Super Switch. I'm right there with you. As the like, as the rubber ducky was floating right beside your body, you were probably like, "Hey, this that would be the perfect name." I understand. I understand. And you know, I'm gonna pass it off to RGT in a second. But I'm like, I don't. You know, I don't think that. Where's the warrant here of like, hey, this we needed a ten dollar price increase? No, I mean, like, I mean, 
where what was it because of the because it's like four extra gigs imagine if like any other third part any other third party or first party game just decided they wanted to charge because there was four extra gigs we would be rioting in the streets let's be honest i'm like they're doing this because like the market and the economy is leaning towards that 70 dollars price point and you know that's a fair argument but like the but everyone else has transitioned into giving you a bigger bang for your buck because of the economy, because of like the new consoles they put out. Nintendo's holding pack. They're saying, hey, we're not in the, the game to update the Switch right now. Like the, the what you see is what you get right now. So, um, but we still want to charge you an extra $10 just because everyone else is doing it. I mean, I, just because it's a Zelda doesn't mean they can they can like, quote unquote, do that and not receive any backlash from it. So, yeah, I think this is egregious. Well, how do you feel, RGT? Um, yeah, I think I'm with you 100% on that. I think if they launched, like you say, Super Switch, Switch 2, Switch Pro, whatever it is. Rubber Ducky uh, Switch. Rubber Ducky Switch. Gorgeous bath time Switch. Um, mm-hmm. if they, See, I tell you what, let's all just take a moment to think about Rubber Ducky because it's seen. It's <laughs> seen some stuff. <laughs> Rubber Ducky might just be the ray in disguise. <laughs> Yeah. It can be anything to anyone, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think if they did launch a new system and then went up to sixty nine ninety nine for games, you'd sort of think, yeah, okay, you're run, you're running better gear, you're running better. But to just up it now for no real reason, I, I think they're just trying to match Microsoft and Sony. But Microsoft and Sony have launched a new platform. You're getting better games. You're getting bigger games. You're getting better graphics. You're not on the switch. So what's what's the price increase for? To pay you know, for the it, super switch. Yeah. Well, Anyone? I was I was really looking forward to this game, and this has actually made me think. Mm, am I going to order this now? I don't know. How much here, was Harvest Stellar? And, and let's be uh, honest here. 35. Here's another point. Like, let's be honest here. Here's another point. Nintendo's games never go on sale. Ever no, go on no, sale. So this game is no. So this game is going to be locked at seventy dollars and. How do you choose on a case by case basis what game warrants seventy dollars at this point? Mm-hmm. I'm like, is Metro Prime Four going to be seventy dollars? Pigman is still at sixty dollars, but is it because it's like it's coming out a little, you know, around that same kind of time as Zelda? Is it because like they don't feel like it's as quality as Zelda? Is the new Donkey Kong going to be seventy dollars? Because I'm gonna be real with you here. I think I'll also have a problem if like they get to the point this time next year and all the the Mario sports games are gonna be seventy dollars when all those games have been dirt trash for like mm. the last five iterations, whether it be golf, whether it be tennis, whether it be strikers, all those games have been poochies. So I'm like, oh, you're gonna charge seventy dollars for all that? No, come on, man. Uh, come on, man. Uh-uh. <laughs> this is slap your mama bad. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's Harvard. Going back to the question, RGT is seventy. Is would you have paid seventy dollars for Harvestella? No, and I mean Square, Square Enix have been on this sort of level now of bringing reduced price games out. So you know, I think I paid on launch. I think I paid thirty nine ninety nine for Harvestella. I think it's picking up thirty five thirty now. Um, I tell you what. One thing. My takeaway from this is. The T-shirt creation department have literally just had their inbox filled. They're like, well, all these comments from Seb, we could do a T-shirt on every one of these. Poochies, slap your mum a bad. Pick up your sticks or don't come at all or whatever. I got I got some lines for days. But I mean, like, 
everyone else in the industry also comes down on price as the like as their game comes as their games come out like months after release like god of war right now can be found for 40 dollars, or maybe even like 50 dollars, depending on what what outlet and retail you go to and like nintendo games aren't going to come down in prices like i i just looked on on um their website right now and i looked on target right now zelda breath of the wild is selling right now for 60 dollars and 55 dollars Breath mm. of the Wild. That's mad. Probably still the best game on Switch. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think, I mean, going to the memory size, I think it's quite impressive how they get a game that big for that small of memory nowadays. I think 18 meg power. Yeah. <laughs> Blast <laughs> processor. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, 70. No, I'm not buying that. I think that's that's a cheap shot, I think. Give us, well, give us some new let, hardware. Let me, then let maybe, me jump no. in here and play devil's advocate. I'm okay with it. Mm. I'm okay with it. Right, you okay with it. You why? <laughs> why? I don't buy any of their stuff, really. Barely at all, if ever. Um, but if they want to crop out a new game and they say it's going to cost you 70 bucks, and as I said to you, the if it was any other medium, I would find it agreed. But in a video game that's going to be... If I find out it's not as large and doesn't take as many hours to complete as the previous game then I will weigh in and say, I think that's a little bit much. It's not as though graphics will have improved, so they may have found new ways to tweak them and make them look better. They may be able to get some better graphical effects on the screen, but pretty much what you see is what you're going to get. But if there's 400 hours in there, you know, people pay for a family to go to the cinema. They're paying damn near 80 bucks, 80 pounds to do that now. They want the nice seats and the food and all that. That's a two hours of entertainment. Mm. So when you break it down price per entertainment, now when you look back, you you think, well, 70 bucks, yeah, even if it only lasted 70 hours, that's a dollar an hour. Uh, I'll quite happily go into a bodega or Starbucks or whatever, and I'll pay $3 for a coffee. Mm. Is that I, outrageous? I, I mean, it's not, but and we're not arguing about the the seventy dollar price point in the whole landscape of video games being egregious. It's mm. the narrative behind Nintendo doing it at this stage of the game without a new console, whereas they've just had a game, one of their first party mainline games, run absolutely slower than a snail in traffic. It is it it's that I believe mm. is the the narrative of what makes this more egregious it's like if you if this was coming off the back of a super switch with um whereas whereas we know this game was going to be in 4k we know this game was going to run at 60 frames per second we know that they weren't just going to have to put in a whole bunch of like like a whole bunch of clouds and a whole bunch of like um um mist and everything like that to hide in the pop-in textures that we know is probably going to be a problem in this game then i because of the switch hardware and because of the switch deficiencies there then i think i mean we, me and rgt probably would be like hey hats off to you you're doing us a, a service here you released a new hard hardware we know this game is going to be like the the chef's kiss everything's going to be fine but i'm like let's be honest here they're not on the same plateau as the ps5 they're not on the same plateau as the xbox series x as well they've far painted as, like, themselves in a corner as soon as the switch launched <clears throat> and that transpired to be their main console they were backing you know they were ditching handheld consoles, the 3DS, the 2DS, the Game Boy style, and a home console. They've pushed those together into some sort of weird baby, and they've pushed it out with the Switch. I did think to myself, they've backed themselves into a corner now. This is literally their model forever. 
Uh, and I think this is a result of that. I think to get the technology they need to compete with PS5, PS4, even Xbox One, really, down into a system that can be on the on the big screen and at home, and Nintendo for the first time having to start messing around with 4K textures. I mean, people have moaned about the incubation time for Tears of the Kingdom. If that was at 4K or 8K, we'd probably never see it. And it'd That's be not true. $400. That, is mm. that true? Because like, I would say like, Two years ago, I would have believed you. I would have said that's the narrative. But we have the Steam Deck now. The Steam Deck can run things at 4K on my TV right now. And There's no way Nintendo can get behind something like that. It runs I mean, it's hot. Just... It's not kid-friendly. It's big. It doesn't take a lot of charge. Steam Deck's amazing, Seb. Don't get me wrong. But it does not hold a candle to the build quality of a first-party Nintendo platform product from a kid-friendly the Steam Deck could not survive being thrown in the footwell of a Ford Ranger, have sweets and gummies smeared and rammed into it, uh, <laughs> and then pops spill all over it while the kid wipes its nose on it and sticks stickers over the fan ports. That The Steam Deck is a is a older person's, more of a URI-type machine. It's not the sort of thing you're going to pass to a rabid eight-year-old who wants to see Minecraft. I think... I think- Nintendo, if they are bringing that new hardware, that's got to be some sort of hybrid. That's got to be 1080p in your hand and then something in the dock that makes it 4K on the screen at home. Um, that's got to be something like that. And will they go that route? But they've backed themselves into a corner again. I don't it needs know. to be 4K it's... on the handheld. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be 4K on the handheld. The Steam Deck isn't 4K on the handheld side mm. of things. It's just handheld. It's just 4K when it goes to the TV. Mm. I'm like, when. But the screen is so small, we're not going to care about whether or not it's 4K, 4K on like the I've handheld. got 4K on my mobile phone. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but that's your that's your phone at that point. I'm like, those are thousand dollar devices versus you know mm. two hundred and two hundred to three hundred, even four hundred dollar systems at this point. You know what I mean? Mm. I think that the whole I think Nintendo have backed themselves into a corner. The only way out of it for them to come out with good hardware your point about the phone being a strong one is to slap a subscription scheme together for it. I just don't see how they're going to be able to continue with this platform that they've developed, unless they now ditch the switch and bring out a new handheld and a new home device. But I just don't think for them, the appetite is there as great as the switch was for them after the Wii U. It almost has spelt the death knell. It was been that successful. I don't think they quite know what to do with it. And I, for that reason, I don't think they quite know how to engineer their way into a second machine. Mm-hmm. Here, here's here's something I'll, I'll say. And like you know, I'm I'm gonna say hypothetically, quote unquote, hypothetically. I know it can be done because on the Steam Deck there are people, and I'm not gonna blast their names out like that. That run the ROM, that ran the ROM of like Pokemon Violet and Pokemon Scarlet on their Steam Deck, on the actual Steam Deck themselves. And this is hypothetically, by the way, don't come at us, Nintendo. Of like, and they ran it, and guess what they did? They hooked it up, hooked their deck up to the the TV. It ran at 4K. It ran at 60 frames per second. The only dip it had was 50 frames. So I'm like, and I know it can be done. You you just like, like just put an SSD on there and then have the dock process process at 4K and we're happy. Like, mm. like so I'm like, the Steam Deck is doing everything that we want out of a Switch 2 right now. Let me so ask I'm you like, another question. Do we even... Nintendo was selling Switches gangbusters. 
it started to tail off a little bit now, but it's, you know, at this moment, they're probably approaching market saturation. I think the Switch is going to probably eclipse the PS4. It's going to probably end up being the best-selling console of all time. I think yeah. it's already. I think it's already beat the PS4. It's, it's, it's already beat week? the PS4. It's, uh, it's after it the PS2 week, now. Okay, I knew it was close. It was knew it was going to happen mm. any time. So it's done it. Well done, Nintendo. Well done, Mario. It's a me. You know they've got a lot. Of t- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they even need to. I should think the powers that be. They're just wondering how they can. S- Before we get a Super Switch, they are going to have one last one more last hurrah out of the switch as it is it's going to be remember that Wii that was like completely stripped down it was like a black and red Wii mini yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. we'll get a switch mini before we get a super switch because that's we already did we got the switch light we've already gotten every every iteration there's another iteration beyond the switch light before they do another before they do another one there will be a there'll be a super light super mini There'll be something. They'll rinse it for everything else. They will. So like, I, have I, I think the comparison is closer almost to that, um, the 3DS, to where like they went that um, 3D XL and then they went the um, 2D, um, like the like the 2D um, 3D, I mean the 2D DS. 2DS. So, mm. Yeah, 2DS, thank you. I forgot the name of that. Um, but yeah, I think that comparison is almost more apt, and we've already seen every iteration of that because like, where the 2DS, we've already got the Switch Lite, and whereas we got like the 3D XL, we've got the the Switch um, with the with OLED. the OLED screen. Mm. So I'm like, I I think at this point, do you know how people how like mad fans would be if they just came out with a a lighter version of the Switch right now and just said, hey, we're still going to charge you seventy dollars for new games, and we've just come out with a more underpowered console that's already. A PS3 powered console when you compare people it to... said they would riot when the OLED came out because it wasn't the Switch 2. And I don't remember seeing any news reports detailing a load of rabid Nintendo fans clutching a, a rather bedraggled looking Pikachu and a, a, a placard <laughs> saying death to Nintendo. Uh, no. They all said that. And then the next morning, you found them in the Target queue hoping to secure themselves. Nintendo fans are their own worst enemy, said. They'll say, oh, this is egregious. Then the next day, you find a transaction in Target for an OLED Switch. Come on. Yeah, I get it. And, I mean, this direct kind of, like, shadows everything that needs to be said about Nintendo fans because, like, for better or for worse, like, the whole direct was, like, 90% just old games just ported over and ported over and transferred. There was only, like... 10% 10% of those games that were actually like brand new games. So I get it. it like gamers are their own worst enemies when it comes to like capitalism and, and become, and becoming especially shields. Nintendo fans. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's, there's that demographic as well with Nintendo switch. You've got the older fans who are hardcore, you know, they had the NES, they had the SNES, they buy everything Nintendo, they buy every Amiibo. They love it. The younger fans, they love their Switch. They're bright. They're colourful. They've got loads of younger people's game. They aren't worried about the screen resolution. They aren't worried about that. So the mums will always buy a Switch. You know, everyone I know has got kids. The kids all got Switches. That's multiple. That, multiple that easy Switches. to get. Yeah, and that's easy to get into. So they've, they've got that sort of demographic where they seem to be able to. And I mean, yeah, this is 70 quid or 70 bucks, and it will still sell gangbusters. It's that's still going to sell. That's going to sell gangbusters. It'll, so. it'll be, yeah, it will sell because that they've got that, they've got the mix of the 
the younger generation who who love a switch and can take it in the car when they go out with mum and dad, and you've got the hardcore fans that will will buy anything that goes Nintendo. So they've they've sort of got that going for them at the moment. Well, they will, you know, and even like I say, we we complaining about the price, but they still will sell. Uh, yeah, I mean, sell. you're right. This is going to do this is going to do tremendously well. It's just mm. I, uh, you know, like it just strikes me as like greedy capitalism and, yeah. and all yeah. sorts of wrong at this point and it's just it's worth pointing out how bad this is but you know I, it's all going to fall on deaf ears because this is still going to sell there's no form of capitalism that isn't greedy and that's mm. the world economy we've locked ourselves in prices only go one way um, it's sad yeah. but it's true <clears throat> give us someone save us from this Nintendo fest and slap me up with some more news. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. All right, PS5 leaves Japan, last seen Chinese border. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sony is selling a lot of PS5 consoles in its native Japan right now, but physical software sales are non-existent. In the latest Fayamatsu uh, report, the manufacturer moved almost 100K units, 100,000 units, but not a single box title could break the software's top 10. They only would need to sell needed to sell over four thousand four hundred and eighty units to even make the cut. Even if more and more people are buying digitally these days, that there's a staggering discrepancy between hardware and physical software sales that's impossible to ignore. One theory suggests that a chunk of the stock may actually be making its way out of the country. Photos and comments in Twitter suggest what consoles are being snapped up in droves and shipped to China, whereas the weekend makes this a viable business strategy. Sony does officially flog the PS5 in China, but it's a locked version, which is restricted only to software approved by the government over there. Japanese units are naturally unlocked. While it's difficult to get a feel of how just widespread this practice actually is from the thread, it would help to explain why software sales are so weak on the PS5 right now. Then again, it raises some interesting questions about the Japanese market. Are gamers uninterested in the console entirely, or are they simply fighting a losing battle against exporters who are shipping all the consoles overseas? It feels unlikely that tens of thousands of consoles a week are being sent to China. So then, what's going on with the system's poor physical software sales? Dun, dun, dun. I think this is just endemic of what's happening. I mean, it sends shudders down the spines of people like me and RGT who surround ourselves in boxes of decaying plastic with boxes of de decomposing silicon inside. A fool's errand, if ever there was one. Um, but Japan, it's always been known to be struggling for space. You see the houses, they're small, they're tiny. I would like some more breakdown of this report, so which version was sold. Was it the disc-based one or was mm. it the digital only? 
Um, I think that would probably add a lot of light to this and explain it. It's also quite scary to think that 4,480 units sold uh, could break into the top 10 in Japan. That's that's terrifying, but it's probably endemic of the physical sales situation as it is. I still advocate for physical sales. You do end up getting the game a little bit cheaper. So this is what I don't understand, and I know they need to understand. I know they need to protect their digital sales storefronts. But if I can get a game cheaper in the wild delivered to my door from Amazon, so the box is produced, the disc is produced, they're inserted, so someone's physically putting the the inlay into the disc box as well, sticking in what well some HR health and safety warning because you don't get a manual anymore. You just get a warning not to eat the box because it might be poisonous. <laughs> I mean, natural selection at its highest there. Um, and that ends up being, and delivered to your door, ends up being more affordable than taking it off, this, off the digital store. Uh, people are doing it, seemingly in the UK in their droves, seemingly in the States in their droves, seemingly in Japan in their droves. Um, not only is this scary that all these consoles are possibly making their way across the border to China, uh, I guess if you bought an official Chinese PlayStation 5, you're still waiting on the release of the Monkey Woling Fallen Dynasty game. I don't even <laughs> know what they're allowed to play over there. I shouldn't think it's mm. very uh, great. But if you want to play God of War, one would imagine you've got to get yourself one of these grey import PS5s. I, I just find the whole I found the whole article quite interesting, really. You know, what is what is going on over there, RGT? What's your take on this? Um I'm with you really. I mean, I find it as a physical collector, I do find it quite worrying. That's that's quite a scary stat that. Um and it is strange as well. As, I mean, for the, the the numbers I find really odd. You know, that is and I knew, obviously, we're going more over to this digital side, but I didn't realise it was, you know, especially, I know, like you say, maybe it is because there's less room over in Japan and, you know, it's more economical for them to do it that way. Um, but, yeah, that's that's worrying, really, I think. I think that's the stats of what's to come. Contact to me, listeners. Game collection up for sale from the Atari 2600 up to the PS5. <laughs> Yeah. What am I um, going to put on the shelves now? I don't know. <laughs> well, that'll be like um, be like uh, back to the switch again, where you get a code in a box. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I've nearly been had a few times of that. You go, oh, that's a cheap switch game. You just see in a little corner. Oh, it's just a code in a box. <laughs> so we'll just have empty cases on. Gels. I mean, that's you know they're talking about trying to do the right thing for the environment. Yet they're producing <laughs> empty boxes for the collectors with a little code inside. You want a complete Switch collection? Fine. We'll have your pants down for it. Yeah. Seb, what's your take on all this? Um, a lot of things. Uh, you know, like China having having wheat sales doesn't really surprise me. Um, you know, like the censorship over there has ramped up over the last uh, over the last mm. couple of months, uh, as far as like what they can and cannot do, um, and what media they can and cannot consume and such like that. So you got that factor. You also have like yeah, digital sales are kind of taking over the taking over the gaming industry. They've slowly been increasing over the last couple of years as well. And then you also have the fact that, you know, like we the economic situation of the world isn't as great as as one would like to be. So there's a there's a lot of factors here. It's just it's kind of sad news all over the board. You kind of feel sorry for 
you know, the the people who are kind of affected by this. You also feel sad for collectors. It's just it's just sad news, man. Mm. Well, dry your eyes, everyone, because this next bit of news, RGT, what we got? Wake up, Alan. Alan Wake is an Xbox 360 gem. And ever since it re-entered the minds of us all, um, us all via Alan Wake Remastered, we've been pretty hyped for the game's sequel. Remedy has been locked onto a broad, uh, onto a broad 2023 release uh, for Alan Wake 2 since it was first announced. And the game launch in this year is starting to sound a lot more likely. Although we've not seen much of Alan Wake 2 at all yet, the team has dropped some new information on how development is going. In its latest financial report, Remedy says that Alan Wake 2 is now fully playable from start to finish and that the team will move into polishing the experience shortly. Given how little has been revealed of Alan Wake 2 so far, we've always been a bit sceptical of it launching anytime soon. This is very welcome news. Of course, polishing the game will take time, but hopefully Remedy gives us a firm release date in the coming months. Elsewhere, the famous developer is starting to spin up a lot, a load of other projects. We've got Control 2 in its proof of concept phase, Max Payne and Max Payne 2 remakes in the works, and a number of um, codename titles that are in their early stages of development as well. Remedy is sounding rather busy, and we're definitely glad to hear that Alan Wake 2 is coming along nicely. We've been waiting 13 years for it after all. Is it 13 years? My goodness. 13 years. I are you, always are you thought, big Alan Wake fans? Yeah, I thought the when I had Alan Wake on the 360 back in the day, I thought it was. Don't get me wrong; it does have some low points and it does drag slightly. Um, but I enjoy it. It, it was a, a mature way to tell a story. It was certainly, you know, when Alan Wake first launched, arriving at the town on that boat with the titles coming across the the screen over the boat, and you know the interactivity and the level of detail in that game at that time as a product of its time, it was truly outstanding. And mm. the storytelling in it woven through that David Bowie type soundtrack, including some of his songs, um, was really special. Towards the end of the game, even in the 360 era, you were getting a little tired of it, but I think the sum of its parts definitely equal a, a greater whole. I think it actually, from a narrative point of view and technological point of view at the time, it was great. The remake kind of papered over some of those cracks and gave us a game that probably stands the test of time a bit better than the original, although I always like to see the originals on original hardware doing what they do. Uh, the remake was a nice way of refreshing yourself on the story without digging out a load of wires and double and A batteries to slam in the back of a 360 controller that looks like it's been eaten by a dog. Um, that's, that's my personal 360. Uh, but, you know, I think it's it's good and, I, and I'm happy that the sequel's coming out. Quite where that can go, I don't know. It's definitely going to have control, lessons learned from control in it. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm probably more excited about some of these codename titles that we don't really know anything about. So yeah, I'm mm. hyped for Alan Wake too. I was a fan of Alan Wake the original, and I thought the remaster was good. Although that really did start to show its legs in places. But yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, Control Two probably equally as excited for that. I'm still working through the original Control. Um, that's a that's a great title. Um, Seb, what's your thoughts on Alan Wake? I'm not a big Alan Wake guy. This isn't my franchise. Like I always, I, I played the game and it kind of felt like adult version of um, Luigi's Mansion. Is like 
kind of the mm. the vibe I got from it. And I was just like, this isn't this isn't for me. Also, I you know, full you know, full disclosure, I'm a chicken. I don't play usually like horror centric or like games that lean on but the, this is like the supernatural vibes. Alan White yeah. wakes like super well. It's times where it can be quite dark, I admit, but for the most part, it's a little bit like an episode of the X Files. Surely it's not that terrifying. I mean, it's like from what I played of it, it didn't really just like terrify me to the same vein as like Resident Evil Seven Biohazard or anything like that. But you know, it's not quite my genre that I kind of like get super excited about. So it's kind of one of those things. It's probably not for me. But like um, Control Two, you know, Control is very psychedelic and trippy. I kind of I enjoyed the the first game. Um. Looking forward to what they can can kind of like take from that and innovate and kind of like see what they can bring to the table for its sequel. But Alan Wake Two doesn't really nothing for me. Well, what about you, RGT? Um, I haven't actually played Alan Wake. <laughs> <I've> got, <laughs> yeah, I've got <laughs> George is back. He's like, you what? You call yourself a podcast host? Mm-hmm. That I mean, horses for courses. You know, you're a Harvest Stella guy, but you're not Alan and Wake guy. You know, let. <laughs> I have got, I have got, I bought it to play like I do most games. So I haven't got ready, but I will play it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I think I'm, you'll I'm, enjoy it if I'm honest. Yeah, I think, you know, I like to play it. Mrs. RGT, she likes the horror stuff, so we can play together. And... It's got Until Dawn vibes in, yeah, I like in, that. In that. So I think yeah. that you will like it. Control, um, I didn't like Control. I know that's a bit of a, um, most I people can love feel you that on game. That. I, I played, you. I played about, first four or five hours and just thought this is doing nothing for me this game uh, i found it quite empty i didn't i don't know whether i went back it'd be different now or just so control two no there's you know i'm not i'm not worried about that i don't know i played it quite early on as well control i don't know why it didn't sync with me but i just found it quite an empty game really i didn't you know it's not i would say it's probably a game that doesn't sort of signpost itself very well uh, and I think that it doesn't really showcase exactly what it is in forms mm. of game. It's a bit like Alan Wake. It's like, oh, is this, is this, what, what is this? Mm. Um, and it takes you a little while for it all to click in. But when it does, I mean, ultimately, just to sum it up, take all the hyperbolas we say out of the way. It's basically a third-person shooting game with yeah. supernatural elements to it. Yeah. And, and they're far out, as Seb says. They're very trippy and some very strange things happen in the game. But... Uh, mm. uh, <laughs> It's Max Max Payne with a supernatural vibe, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, like I say, but, but maybe I'll go back to Control one day. But I think with Alan Wake, when whenever they announce a second game in any genre, that always makes me think, right, I want to play the first one now. It sort of hopes me up to play the first one and then get ready for that. So, yeah, I, I should play Alan Wake too. And, yeah, be quite looking forward to playing that first one through. I mean, I, I find it strange, though, because that was... On the 360, that was an exclusive, right? On the 360. It was, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised Microsoft didn't didn't get that going soon or whether that was a remedy thing, but that was, um, you think that had been released before now, the second one, seeing how popular the first one was. Yeah, and especially how sort of attached to the 360s sort of life and ecosystem it was. Mm. It was one of the games that, you know, made owning a 360 seem like a good idea. It was an exclusive that you couldn't get anywhere else. It looked fantastic for the time. Um, of all the franchises that have passed under their nose, it's one that you thought they would have grabbed. But if yeah. they had, would we would we be on Alan Wake Five? Mm, yeah, true. Subtitle Reach ODST Danger. Mm. I, you know, I think that's yeah. yeah. You know, I think that studio had some difficulties around that um, Xbox 360 era, especially like 
being the the Max Payne series kind of had some some blows during that that time frame. And then Alan Wake, while I while it reviewed well, didn't necessarily set the world on fire commercially. So I think that's oh, probably okay. why why we we mm. had such a long lull between the the sequels so to speak and mm. then i feel like they weren't they weren't catapulted back into the main spotlight of the gaming industry until control came out and then control is where they kind of like put that stamp on like hey yeah. we we make premier games like thing so is again I, on that note critical darling as it is I'm not totally convinced Control sold gangbusters either. I I don't think it did, but uh, you know I think it sold. It had legs, is from my understanding. It's like the game sold um, quite a bit over the over a long span of time versus like its initial release. Plus, I'm like it's a new IP sort of thing. I'm like you had one of those things to where I don't think a lot of people knew exactly what Control was, and the word of mouth got out, and they didn't want a lot of game of the years that the year it was released. So mm-hmm. I, I I feel like Control Two would be a, a stronger statement of like hey what does this ip do financially but mm-hmm. um i wanted to throw out there since yeah you know, rgt you you talked about mrs rgt liking the the kind of horror supernatural vibes mm-hmm. i want to throw out a recommendation for you um there's a game called immortality that i think y'all y'all should play together because like okay. it's a good it's a good couch co-op it's not co-op game but it's a good good experience for like two people to try to figure out the mystery of what's going on together oh and, nice, yeah yeah, call this my indie recommendation of the week, so we won't have to actually do my segment. But like, it's Wait, actually what about the song? Okay, forget the song. I <laughs> I've, I've blown the budget on RGT song. If I'm honest, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, Sam Barlow um is the creator. He kind of makes this um makes this game to where he uses this real life people and real life actresses and actor. Oh, you have the song, <laughs> George. <laughs> George has disappeared from our screen. We do not know what what he's doing at this time, but I'll explain what the game is. He's probably so going to get like, a guitar, I suspect. Yeah, <laughs> May, uh, he'll come back with a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it's like it's a game um, made by Sam Barlow. Um, it is a interactive game, so you're playing like there are real life people that you're kind of like controlling and you're kind of looking at on the screen, as, so to speak, and you're trying to figure out like. There was three movies and they use real life actresses to kind of make the scenes from these movies. There are three movies that never hit the light of day. And this actress also disappeared from the from not only Hollywood, but no one knows what happened to her. And there's the 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 what happens in those three movies indicate what happened to her real life. So Hmm. it's almost. Yeah. And like you have to go and kind of look at pieces of those movies and see like little clues and little details and your interpretation of what happened to her and your wife's might be completely different. And it's a fun game to theorize like what oh. happened and it has like a supernatural kind of twist or like in suspense there. It's a really fun and trippy game, but it's not quite trippy in the sense of like controller on the wake or anything like that. But it's like mm. that kind of like shutter Island kind of vibe, so to speak of mm. like what's really going on here. It's a fine game. And it was one of the games that was really featured heavily in a lot of categories on the game of the year, like um, the game awards this year. So oh, check brilliant. out Immortality. Oh. Yeah, cheers. I will definitely, yeah, we'll give it a go. It's that sort of thing that's right up Mrs. RGT's streets, something like that. She loves yeah. mysteries and horror, that sort of thing. So yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, cheers for that. Okay, well, Seb snuck his indie gem under the radar. It's a little early, but I've blown all the budget on a new theme tune for you, RGT. Uh, it's a bit of a shame because about the only person that's going to recognize it is Harvey Retro. But it goes, so this is this is the new Hidden Gems theme tune. <laughs> okay. okay. RGT, yeah. 
He's like the Lone Ranger. <laughs> He's riding on no, down, down to bring hidden gems to me. <laughs> a bit of boon. A little bit of boon. A bit of boon. Okay, oh, dear, tell classic. me the show's version of boon. What? I mean, the rest of the show's in the bin as far as I'm concerned. The only reason I still turn up to this day is to find out what your hidden gem's going to be. <laughs> no pressure. Um, no, make it uh, good. This week is, well, I played this game on PS4, but I think it's available on Switch and Xbox and bits and pieces. Hang, this... hang on. Is this a retro hidden gem? It's sort of. Sort of. Or is it irrelevant? It's just a, it's just your hidden gem. It's a hidden gem, but it's it's got retro connections. Oh, hello, mummy. Mumsy, get the credit card on pre-warm. <laughs> I think you, you'll probably already have this because it was a PS Plus game a few years ago, so it's probably sitting way down in your little PS4 library. Please let it be murdered, soul suspect. No. Damn it. Okay. Um, no, this is, uh, I think this was about 2016, 2017, this game. It's a game called Lumo. Mm. Now, this game, is, that's not going to be for everyone, but if you were my sort of age and you're a, an 8-bit microcomputer kid, this is literally a love letter to them isometric puzzle platform games. Um, and I think it's absolutely wonderful, this game. This is the one with the guy that looks like he's out of uh, a sorcerer out of Final Fantasy. Is it that one? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. There's, there's a little story to, you know, at the start, a kid's at a computer fair in the 80s, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it is just, it's just like playing a newer version of Night Law on the Spectrum. Um, the sound effects, although obviously they're modern sound effects, they don't sound like a Spectrum, but for some reason, as soon as I hear the sound effects, I am transported back to a slightly chubby little eight-year-old RGT with some NHS glasses and a pudding base and playing on my Spectrum. That is absolutely brilliant, this game. <laughs> George is trying to imagine a little chubby RGT with some NHS glasses on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a brilliant game. You can pick it up if you want a physical copy. You pick it up for 10 to 15 quid if you want it. And I recommend that. If you like them retro sort of style puzzle games, pick it up. Fruit salad wrappers stuck to his feet. Yeah. Hubba Bubba rappers coming out of his ear holes, but he doesn't care. Caramac, tin of pop. <laughs> <laughs> you had me and you lost me there. I don't know what that is. These are all very high sugar content UK sweets. Uh, probably hence the, hence the slightly chubby RGT. I think no. they'd slap you in immediate diabetes, to be honest <laughs> with you. But yeah, it's just it's a dark road. Okay, yeah. that's a great one. Uh, Ooh, I, th I think you can actually play it on a Vita as well, I believe. You can. It was, I don't know if it still is, because there's chaos in the Vita store. It was cross-buy. Yeah, cross-buy, I think it was. Yeah, I think it's even on, you probably get it on Steam as well. I think it's on PC as well. So um, there's definitely ways to play it. Like I say, if you've got PS Plus, you've probably got it in your library now if you keep all your games. But yeah, give it a go. It's uh, brilliant, brilliant. At least easy, not easy, but easy play, relaxing little puzzle platformer. Retro style, yeah, really good. It I have played it, and I did. There are times where it does actually get quite challenging from memory. Yes, yes, yeah. I think there's about 400 rooms in it where you go go between your little rooms and your bits and bits, and you collect like retro cassette tapes, and that's so it's all that 80s sort of vibe to it. Yeah, really good. But yeah, give it a go. Really, another 
absolutely banging recommendation from both of you. So awesome stuff. Uh, community corrections. I do have a, I think there's one. Uh, Bad Bingster made me very aware that I'd put out the title for last week's episode, Hogwarts Legacy, with the legacy only having a small L, a non-capital version, which I then whip-snapped into the hosting site and changed. So now if you look in your, hang on a minute though, let me have another look. No, it's got the big L on it. Yeah, because we changed it. And that's why Community Corrections exists. So well done, Badabingster. You're not just the world's most handsome Italian man. You're also the world's most intelligent Italian man. So yeah. that's uh, that goes without saying. Um, that sums up Community Corrections. So not a flawless victory this week. But the question is, uh, yeah, you've had holiday from the show, but that doesn't mean that you don't owe me a kidney. One of the ways you're going to start earning this back is by saying, RGT, did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news we missed? If so, how are the collected masses? And they're assembled thousands right now, banging on the door like a Mongolian horde. How would they get in contact with me? Um, let me know that my opinion on all of the news is irrelevant. Like, how dare you say £70 for a Switch game is okay, George? You're literally done. I want your head on a platter with an apple in your mouth. How would how do we start going to about organising my my uh, head on a platter with an apple in my mouth? Um, as a questions at unofficialcontrol.podcast.com <laughs> um, or DS. email header yeah. apple mouth yes apple mouth George platter <laughs> brackets um, or DM us on Instagram or Twitter or even come jump in the Discord. So um, uh, Discord's been pretty lively this week. Seb's been doing the uh, draft video game draft for the uh, listeners in there. Yeah, awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, great efforts there. Really good. Um, well so, done, yeah, Seb. Pop in. There's loads of things to have a look at. I list all my hidden gems in there. There's um, everything from what you've been having for your tea to your pet pictures to where you've been on holiday. We chat about everything in there, not just games. So jump in. Don't a, forget as well, by. squad up section. I see that yeah. gets used regularly. There's yeah. obviously the listener stingray section where people showcase what they've picked up. And yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to take a moment just to be absolutely honest with you. I like the Discord, but I'm in the background. I like reading it. I like kind yeah. of – I'm almost like a voyeur, a stalker, a digital stalker. I like to see what people yeah. are talking about. When, when, whenever I'm on Discord, I feel like you're looking at me. And, good. I'll be honest. I like Because it. I am. <laughs> oh, you like it. Good. Yeah. And mm. then you know when I'm there because although someone – and I don't know who it is, but someone – uses what I would call my little, this is George's seal of approval on there. The old school artwork, because I don't know how to upload the new artwork to be my <laughs> my emoji, okay? So I'm using the Sex Pistols emoji to represent my love for something. And sometimes I'll go on there and I'll read some what someone said, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I really agree with that. And I'll go to click on it and put the emoji, and already the Sex Pistols UCP Series 1 to 3 Ooh. album artwork is on the comment, and I'm like, well, I can't. I did notice there was two of them on the comment the other day. Who before. is doing this? We've got a, we've got an we've got an imposter. We've got, we've got someone. I mean, if you want to pretend you someone, do an do an emoji of Brad Pitt or something. That <laughs> 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 some inferior technological nerd can't even do. So he's using the series one album artwork. I mean, I I was almost going to stoop so low as to use your one, the RGT themed. How dare uh, you? Badge. How very dare you? Because I thought, well, to be honest, it's that small on Discord on the phone. No one will know it. it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so someone, somewhere, is masquerading, mm. 
Is it Seb? Is it you, no. Seb? Are you masquerading as me? No, no, not masquerading as you. Unfortunately, mm. the, the plot thickens and your search for the culprit continues. That's a shame. <laughs> you were like my number one suspect, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think you know the kid. Some of the kids recently have escaped, so you know it could be one of them. <laughs> we'll Is get it over on it? Well, we had uh, Wayne Ray, didn't we, uh, in circulation in the in the cellar? So it could be mm-hmm. a start. It could be a start of a very elaborate revenge plot by him. Terrifying. Oh, yeah. One thing that is also terrifying is last week we did a show called Hogwarts Legacy. Not shy of the SEO cash cow. We've all saddled up and ridden a couple of steers into town that look exactly like Hogwarts Legacy two weeks in a row. But I ain't bothered because, first of all, Port Key Games, Warner Brothers Studios, my my liege. Avalanche my, Studios. Avalanche Studios. Port, whatever it is, I don't care. All I see is Port Key when I turn it on. And to be honest with you, that's all I know about. I'm down on one knee. And I'm very sorry because last week, I'm apologizing for you here, Seb, so I don't know why you took the wind out of my sails. We called this game mid. Ooh. We feared it would be mid. Ooh. Then the reviews landed, and I thought, <laughs> no, oh, there ain't oh, no oh. way. There ain't no way they ain't been paid off with a load of Harry Potter merch. <laughs> Cauldron, broom, wand, all of that. Yeah. And then I load, I installed it. Simple enough process. Clean. PS5. Nice little bit of dashboard title art. I thought, yeah, okay, let's give it a go. Boom. Grabbed me by the neck like some devil's snare and pulled me deep into the world of Hogwarts to the point where I am a fifth-year student and I am living my Hogwarts life. Now, we've all got together today, so I took it on the chin. Oof, I apologize. It's not mid. It's top tier. Um, now I do have some issues with it, which we'll get to, um, but they're not massive. Um, gentlemen, first impressions. RGT, before you begin, I would like to also issue out an apology to Avalanche Software Studios for calling this game mid. It, it, it gave me mid vibes all throughout the, the trailers, all throughout the the lead up into this game, I saw nothing that made me think it was going to be as magical. You, you don't, as it you don't, Seb. You don't have to do this. I've fallen on the sword for both of us, so you. I, can I can't. I, I can't let you just fall on the sword, you know, for for me. I I have to, as Jin Sakai would say, you know, you have to fight with honor sometimes, and I'm going to fight with honor here. I I deeply apologize because this game, just my early impressions of everything that I played in the first 15 hours is absolutely magical pun intended it is magical they they got the juice they really brought the stuff with this now is it going to be the best licensed game this year i have i don't think so i'm i'm gonna still be real with you but like right Hang as on. of right what what other licensed game we got two heavy hitters coming out man we got star wars jedi survivor coming out and we got spider-man coming out this year Spider-Man oh well too. i suppose i don't I suppose they're as licensed as this. Yeah, okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Okay. I'm like, is it going to be? I'm like, it's in contention. And I think mm-hmm. that's impressive all in its own right. But like Well, while while we're on that, while we're in the context of that. <clears throat> I am fast traveling an awful lot now already. Oh, so you've already hit that burnout of of actually traveling through the castle. 
You're using the flu things, are you? You're using the flu network. Well, mm. to be honest, I'll meet you in Hogsmeade. <sighs> How many hours have you played so far? Again? I don't know. I started it Friday at maybe six o'clock, 1800 hours, and it turned off at zero two hundred in the morning. It went on the next day at probably 1000 hours and then went off at two in the morning, one in the mo- half 12. <laughs> okay, so we're getting up there listening. in hours. We're getting up there in hours. So maybe 18 hours plus. Okay. I got you. I got you. So uh, out of this, out of everything you played so far, early impressions are like you're starting to get a little fatigued of actually traveling around on foot and on broom right it's now. The, right? It's the it's the it's the I haven't got the broom yet. because I've been doing lots of side quests, but it's the and I think the side quests are what probably suck the life out of it a little bit. Some the most of them are OK. It's a lot of talky, talky, fetchy, fetchy. Mm. And it might be the way, obviously, they've designed the castle to be as close to the real-life castle as possible. But that doesn't present its way to being easily navigable. Now, I know you get the breadcrumb trail on the map. That's all well and good. But a lot of the side missions at the moment seem to have me trudging down the same corridors. They seem to have me trudging to the same areas, to the same rooms. And there's only so many times I can go to a certain area and be like amazed by it. Now, the graphical level of detail that brings it to life like the watering cans outside and the, the topiary bushes being cut and just little things. Like I, I've the stayed, statues, the, the statues, statues, man. Oh, or like, as, the paintings, the whole bag of tricks, everything that you walk past and see. Uh, can for I the just most uh, part, jump in here? What, what, yeah, go ahead. What you guys? What you guys? Um, how you playing it? Performance fidelity? What you playing? It's all. I always just play on the on the fidelity mode. I'm not overly bothered about sixty frames per second. I think it's one of those. I think it's an industry buzzword that's just a load of drivel, if you ask me. See, I'm playing, oh. yeah, I, I play performance mode because I'd love the frame rate. Because what I think once you go to that performance mode, when you go back, oh, why but, did you do it to yourself? Yeah, but uh, I did try that really high performance one, you know, the 120 hertz one. And that, that's quite choppy. That sounds stupid, but that's worse than the performance mode. I'm not playing at 120 frames, though. So maybe that's what mm, that is. So I've had to, I always do balance. I always do the balance is to where yeah. I'm like, I can do the 60 frames, but like give mm. me as high as graphics as I possibly can at that, that perfect six, 60 frames. Yeah. If you go to that real, cause there's sort of six different ones. And if you get that real, mm-hmm. it's an H F K, whatever it is, the real big one for, for, for uh, performance. That's, that does look, a, you know, actual graphically, it looks a bit ropey, you know, it's super smooth, but it does look a bit ropey. So I've, I've gone with performance. I've just gone in the middle there for a bit. And that looks good and runs really smooth. But yeah, I did just wonder, so I jumped in. I wonder what you guys were, how you were running it. See, I, I've always, it's caught me out a few times. I think on this on this very podcast, of I um, picked out Kenner as being an issue. Yeah. Um, where it was actually, if you flipped it to 60, the game suddenly got a hell of a lot easier. Mm. Um, but in this, the combat... <sighs> So far, it's not that challenging. So I don't really mm. feel like I need these, you know, really Twitch-based reactions to mm. enjoy the game. It's and more the it's the choppiness for me. I mean, at first, I first done it with Ratchet and Clank on the PS5, Rifts Apart. I was playing in the fidelity mode, and I thought, oh, this looks gorgeous. I thought, I'm just going to try performance, put it in performance, which just like, wow, that is so smooth compared to the... And I've sort of stuck with that ever since. Seb's? Legally obliged to say this now. 
fur K. Fur K, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Oh, the way you said that, I got twinged downstairs. I mean, I don't know about the everybody yeah, else. Fur K, baby. Fur K, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah. Fur K is one of the best features of Ratchet and Clank that you'll ever find. And it's almost Fur K is one of the best features you'll ever find in a video game. And no, I'm not getting paid by them at all. You must be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, all in seriousness, like, I, I do think there's credit to what RGT is saying with um the way you play a game. It, it kind of depends on what that game is as well. Like I yeah. don't, I think the action in this is a little bit on the sluggish side to where like you don't necessarily ne- need to have that that fluidity mm. of a high performance. That's my um, yeah. Mode. yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, this isn't Bloodborne, this isn't Elden Ring, this isn't a firm soft game, nor is it, you know, a fur K Ristic kind of game as well. It's like this is almost it's almost slower paced, it's almost more methodical action. And even then, like the parry system that they have, the the block system and everything like that, it's it's almost hard to get hit in some places. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the pacing is so so much slower than what you would probably need in a performance mode that i think that balance mode is that perfect little sweet spot to where mm. like you still get the beautiful graphics you still get everything um everything that you would expect out of like the game's performance wise but then you'd also get like you also get that smooth buttery textures you also get like the the gorgeous ray tracing there i mean i think that's the perfect sweet spot for this type of game um but you know different strokes for different folks but I think one of the things that really stands out to me is how well they they nailed the the aesthetic of Hogwarts, like how well they na- la- mm. nailed like the aesthetics yeah, of this universe. And that's what and, that's all I wanted to see in its in the most stunningly visual way yeah. I could see it, which is which is the reasoning behind what I did, gentlemen. Now, when I was playing it, I thought to myself, "This is like a bizarre baby of." God of War. I can see that. Fable. Really can see that. Mm-hmm. The the voice yeah. acting, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that is. When you, when you walk down, morning, friend, how are you? It's like proper. <laughs> as expected. All you're missing is the lemon line. The lemon From line? Fable. Yeah. Oh. What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, George. You got it. I don't know the lemon line. All I know is this. Oh, chicken chaser. Oh, um, what was it? Um, you look like you sucked on a lemon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> excuse my accent, everyone. It's terrible, but <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of the other. I, I also brought in some Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order vibes in there. It's an amalgamation of lots of different little bits. I'm not saying that they even probably took inspiration from this, but as I play it, I heard the voice acting and you meandering across a bridge into a big open green area and these little villages and stuff. And I was like, yeah, stinks of fable fable two really reeks of this. Um, and then from the sort of combo and battle point of view, holding down the right trigger and, and smashing out the one commands, it really just felt like, you know, color matching Fisher price, my first sort of souls game. It feels like they've tried really hard to appease kids to seasoned veteran gamers, mm. Harry Potter fans, and everyone in between. And for the most part, I think there's something there for everybody. Whether I'll be as rampantly enthusiastic in another 40 hours 
that probably I don't know if I will be if I'm honest, but I think for the most part. So last yeah. night I was playing, I had a little trip to Azkaban, totally unexpected. And I didn't You're see You're a Hufflepuff. Yes, I am. I know that's the only I'm way Hufflepuff. you get to go to Azkaban. <laughs> uh, me too. I was just like, I think that's no, the only why? way you get to go to So did you guys select your own or did you let the sort and have to? I, I answered the questions. I answered uh, the questions. Came up as and I, I just went with what that decided to give me because you can mm. change it. I didn't want to. I just went with what that selected. I did. Yes. It's I, because, I, puffs. I think no it's way. because it asked me what my most uh, honourable trait was and I loyalty. selected loyalty. I selected loyalty, yeah. No, why? loyalty brothers i'm gonna be real here i went into this like knowing that i was gonna be a hufflepuff because like i'm a potterhead so to speak so i'm like i know like i already knew like if anything comes up i know like the traits of the houses really well and so i was just like i'm gonna answer in the most hufflepuff way like possible and hufflepuffs are all about like loyalty friendships and 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 it's like the camaraderie more so than the sense of adventure, more so than like knowledge, more so than being ambitious. So I just answered that because I wanted to be a Hufflepuff. I think mm. my um, last week we spoke about how I was a bit nervous. I wanted it to give me bully vibes. And it I got does, some here and there. Yeah, mm. it does give me bully vibes. But one thing I found, this is my one, th- this is one of my things that I'm not that keen on. The day night cycle. I love it. But, my character's not slept for a solid week. <laughs> no one has a problem with what's technically a 14-year-old running around at night doing illicit things. This kid, I mean, is he in Hogwarts? Or is he a sixth former that got a knock on the head and hasn't slept for a week and this whole Hogwarts thing is a fever dream? Uh, who knows? But yeah, I find the lack of sleep, the fact that, yeah, you can go to a lesson, and if it's not time, you just sit on the floor cross-legged and wait for the lesson. To I hate start. that. I absolutely hate that. I'm like, why do they? Why do they just let you sit cross-legged on the floor all night? That's so immersive breaking to me. I hate I, that. I would like if we had to be, unless we were doing something clandestine. There's a limit to where you have to be back and in bed. Um, that mm. games have done that now. Whether that in play tested didn't work for them, but. I want to go to the Great Hall in the morning and see what bountiful breakfast is laid out for me. Mm. I went, I forced myself to find the Great Hall on the map and go in it to unlock the flu section because I thought to myself, I've never seen this. And this is where some of the wheels fall off the Hogwarts wagon for me. I walked in and it was dead. No one was there. Nothing. And I thought, okay. Right. Well, I guess I need to remember to try here in the morning because I want to see if the students actually make their way from the common room to the Great Hall for breakfast and then off to their respective classrooms. Something tells me, based on the popping of certain characters at certain points as I've been walking around the castle, that isn't the case. Now, it isn't. No. That's where the Hogwarts magic starts to fall away from me. Um, Mm. I wanted these kids to, you know, we've seen it in all the other games even Assassin's Creed, NPCs have had paths um, to follow, even even basic ones. I want to be able to look through the window and see kids doing a lesson I'm not involved in. I mean, I might be asking a bit much. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts? Is it... Can we list our grievances now? Like, yeah, is that what yeah, we're doing? Oh, yeah. my goodness. We got time. Okay. Well, let's what's see your up. thoughts on my grievances to begin with? 
Have you? I mean, they're they're well, they're valid. Um, I completely agree. It's it's breaking that immersion level as far as um, as far as like the lore and tradition of you living a Hogwarts life. Like, if you like, this game promises and builds itself as like you. It's in Hogwarts for a, le- a reason. You're supposedly playing the the life as a Hogwarts student. And I'm like, that's uh, the fact that, you know, it's not on a time system. The fact that, like, for the most part, you can't just go into a random class and start like any like the class up because it's that time schedule. Because, like, the fact that you can't eat breakfast at a certain time, the fact that it doesn't make you go to bed at a certain time, it kind of breaks that that feeling of like, I'm more of the main character in the world revolves around me instead of you living the life of like a typical Hogwarts student. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. My biggest gripe with the game. Yeah. I so what are your that. gripes, Seth? Oh my goodness. Um no quidditch in the game. Egregious. Like I they just explain it as like an accident gone wrong, you know, from the previous year. Stupid. If they're gonna if they're gonna give you a broom, go all the way or don't go and go don't go anyway. We know. said this last week, Seb. It reeks of DLC to me. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably does, but I'm like come on man you you had it right there for the taking i'm like that could have been just that feature alone could have just been the chef's kiss and at least added it could have taken us from like an eight out of ten to at least a nine and um that that being said like the some of my grievances you know like i just mentioned the actual scheduling system but the spells themselves like the roster of spells themselves seems rather thin i'm like you uh, in the books, like uh, I don't mean to be that person that says, oh, in the books, well, it went like this. Well, in the books, you still had like so many different spells at your like at your arsenal and you were learning. And at the time of a fifth year, you knew how to like do so much. Where's the cutting spell? Is That's a basic spell that you learn in like second year of Hogwarts. I'm like where you simply slash. I'm like that would have been perfect for an action adventure game. I'm like. Where is like the ice spells to where you can make the the floor like slippery? Where is um Sempra to where like you can um sli- like sever Snape spell to where you can like cut people like you know where the like cuts would appear all over their body mm-hmm. where it was labeled like a dark art spell but not an unforgivable spell like that was Snape's uh, Snape spell like um you could have used that um they like the spell to summon animals would have been perfect for a video game hermione uses it as like her birds when she attacks ron with um all the birds um malfoy you, you summon snakes all throughout the series like you could have had like the snakes being summoned because like in the game they give you conjuring and transfer transfiguration like you learn mm-hmm. those spells as the game goes on that could have been just a natural step into like you being able to summon different things around you to help you fight it's like to me, it feels like this game, don't get me wrong, is like aesthetically pleasing and is like good as far as like the setting of Hogwarts, but it feels half baked in the form of like what is a good video game. And I and don't get me wrong, this is a person this is coming from a person who actually loves the game, but like speaking from a person who really understands the lore of this game. Where's Expecto Patronum to fight off the mentors? Where's that like that's a key spell in, in this this kind of world? <laughs> Oh, just as an aside, uh-huh. we joked about my expecto patronum being like a, a lazy rabbit. Mm-hmm. What and was when it? I when I I don't well when we went to Azkaban in the game, the teacher's expecto patronum looked to me like a lazy rabbit. <laughs> it did. It did. 
And I howled to myself, admittedly, but I was like, oh, my God, you've got the same trainer as me. <laughs> it did. I mean, um, and to that fact, I mean, like, you're supposed to be learning a lot of the things that we see, it just that we've seen in, in Harry Potter lore, like Transfiguration. Um, there's a point in... Um, there's a point in Goblet of Fire where like Moody transforms Malfoy into a ferret. You remember, and they call him Ferret Boy Correct. for the rest of this this season. I'm like the rest of the show, like and the and the books, like the, we could have tran- transformed our enemies into different animals around us. And think about how cool that would have added another layer to like the combat system. Well, like there are so many different things that at times, to your point there, the game at times feels like they knew they could do more had to rein the ambition in just to get this thing out mm-hmm. yeah i mean the bubblehead charm which is a charm that you could have like they could have had poisons in the game and you could have just had that bubblehead charm to like nullify different places so you were able you know like in god of war ragnarok um or in god of war they have those poison surfaces and you kind of have to freeze the the little or like the plants that is coming out of yeah you could have had that those elements into this game like there's so many places where i see it as like you didn't quite go as hard as we needed you to. Like you, you're 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 scratching the surface here. But is but that because didn't... this studio was they've done a tremendous job? But are they so out of their depth based on the catalog of games they've made to this point? It, it could be. It could be a. It could be the fact that you know this is the first game, and they can they now have a template to build off of. But like what I'm uh, what I'm saying is, it's like there's so much to the world, uh, not just not just like 12 spells that that you use at your disposal and 12 like weird spells by the way to choose from and then the fact that you live in a world uh, like Harry Potter is built on a morality system the whole lore of the game is built on not necessarily good uh, good and bad in the gray in between but it is kind of like that there is like there well, i i i noticed almost threads because when you're in a dialogue you can respond in a positive way or that you can say something pretty horrible as well. Mm-hmm. But there's no other than consequences. Role, other than role playing it through in the character living in my head, but not within the code on the screen. Um, it does lend itself to enable you to role play being a bad guy or a good guy, but it doesn't have any gameplay consequences. And I mm. think that because you could be you could be in Gryffindor and be be a not very nice person. It's not as though all the everyone that's really super nice ends up in all these different houses and Slytherin, you know, doesn't have any good people in it. That's not true. So you mm-hmm. can be a good or bad person in any any of the houses. So uh, yeah, I find that, that that lack of morality system is a bit weird. Um, Where is the point system? Like they mentioned this in the game, like the like you do something bad um, just as a cutscene, they mention like, oh, I'm taking points away from your house, but we never see any of that, you know, actually affect the house or or even the points. Like, where's the point system? Because that's a staple of Hogwarts. You know, you do something bad, you do something good, you mm-hmm. get awarded points, you get points taken away. It You have your house, like um, the house race towards the end of the year that really matters, at least mm-hmm. to these kids. Like, yeah. that's, it's just one of the things we talked about as far as immersion breaking. And then like, Another thing I wanted to bring up, and this one kind of bothers me to like my very core, is like you have unforgivable spells in this game, and no one cares if you use them or not. Like, yeah, I find that strange. Yeah, like no one cares. In like in the lore of Harry Potter, one of these spells, just the utter word to utter the words of it, is a one way trip to Azkaban. And here you can just go around doing 
not necessarily Grand Theft Auto appeal to where you can just slaughter anyone in front of you, but like you can use these spells in front of people and no one bats an eye. Well, equally so, you solve some of the more sort of out there puzzles, which must have been on the wall for two to four hundred years at this point, and no all cares. of a sudden. You you make something amazing happen. A door open, a door appear out of nowhere. You get eaten by a stone frog and spat out in a little secret room. You appear twenty foot above the air. No one even no one even cares. Whereas no I know if cares. this was Red Dead Redemption Two or Grand Theft Auto, everyone would be like, oh, "What what's he doing up there?" Mm-hmm. And again, some more of that beautiful dialogue um, would have even been- Fable. Even Fable, they like the characters, especially Fable Two and Three. They interact to what's going on around you. They They're do. like. They're like, what are you standing here for? Or like, are you okay? Or like, they'll walk by. Are you touched in the head? You know, yeah. like, they, they react to the world around you. And like, I, I feel like this game, like I said, it's just, it, it feels like it was baked, but not quite like fully cooked. You know? Mm-hmm. How do you feel, RGT? We've been talking about this for a little bit. Yeah, give us... No, no, I'm, you're, I'm, a, I'm a lot earlier into the game than, than you guys. I'm, I'm a few hours in. Did um... we just ruin it for you? Oh, I'm not playing it again. It's going in the bin. So, <laughs> oh no, got... seventy dollars to go in the bin. Yeah, so I'm now going to play Philosopher's Stone on the PS2. Oh my original. god, that's rough. Right, seventy dollars for this. It wasn't that here. <laughs> it, it, it suffered a big discount. Sorry, mm. RGT. Anyway. And, and you're okay with seventy dollars for this? Mm-hmm. An open world. Yeah. Some would say without the Harry Potter franchise, seventy dollars for this. At least this game. Price. This is the standard price for a next gen product, whether that be like whether that be the best product in the world or whether it be like just a mid product. Ubisoft right now sells games for seventy dollars, and like they haven't put out a game of the year contender in years. This still has ray tracing. This still has modern day performances. This has like um, load times to where I can't pick up my phone in between. Do that with Breath of the Wild. You can pick up your phone and you can tweet out a couple of things. Like mm. there are they like. To me, there's a difference in like the presentation of what is a modern game versus what is a Switch game from seven years ago. Yeah, and if this I said if I suddenly made this eighty, if I suddenly went right now, this is eighty bucks. We're going to put this up, then I would have a problem, which is what Nintendo's done really. But mm-hmm. you know, they've sort of come to the end of the cycle and suddenly put the price up. Anyway, we what what's a what Nintendo game like quality wise? Where like I'm not talking about like the the pound for pound like hey is is zelda on the same tier as as god of war but what game runs as good as god of war ragnarok on the switch and one charging 70 one charging 60 at the price it felt appropriate but now when you you get into the the ragnarok of like hey they're being charged for the same they're being charged the same thing i'm like hey i need you to get on the level of this at least performance wise you know Mm. 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 yeah go on then rgt what, yeah. what's, what's your initial thoughts? Um, like I say, so far, I've just been amazed by Hogwarts, I think. I've, I've played all the, you know, your tutorial into, into Hogwarts. Um, then you obviously get your sort and how I've gone into Pufflepuff. And I've just spent, I haven't even done the first mission. I've just spent a few hours just going around, collecting the sheets. I've just been exploring Hogwarts for hours on end. I haven't even done the first on, mission. I've done on the, on the subject of that opening... Mm-hmm. I actually thought that was a really good opening. It oh, reminded me magical. Yeah, and that reminded me a bit as the controls and how you go about of Uncharted Four. How you sliding down a little bit of mud and you have to go around yeah. the rocks and the bits and pieces. Again, like a- that sort of transition that's only one way, which forces you through a linear narrative, which is in mm. 
Fallen Order had it in, um, and obviously Uncharted has it in. I think Tomb Raider has those. Mm-hmm. Um, even Last of Us has those sorts of steep drops. It's a bit of mm. it's a bit of a Naughty Dog vibe, or or the unpassable one way slopes. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that, but it, it's it's a nice technique. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've really enjoyed exploring so far. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting into the missions. Like I say, I haven't a lot of those things you guys are talking about haven't come across yet. I am very disappointed. Quidditch in, in it. I think they've missed the big trick with Quidditch because oh. I thought that could have been like a side mission. You could level up. You could get your way into the team. You could have team matches. You know, I've even got some Quidditch goggles and what looks to me like a Quidditch robe in my inventory. I have uh, gloves and everything. I want you, I like want you wear, wearing them next week. <laughs> in real life. Yep. Okay. I want you sitting there next week, Quidditch goggles on, ready for a match. Captain of you the know? Ravenclaw Quidditch team. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, I'm like, they tease us by giving us like Quidditch accessories to, and Quidditch gear yeah. to wear, but we don't get to actually Who's the bigger fool? The the software company that puts out a game that everyone's going to go crazy for for $70 or, or roundabouts that mark. And then six months later, announces with much hype and fanfare, Quidditch DLC. Season, team, players, changing players between houses to try and make the better team, buying people in from the other magical schools to bolster up your team. And it becomes like a whole side game. And they're going to charge you $29.99 for this. Mm. We're the fools. That I feel it's coming. It can't not be at this point. It's got to be. And I think I just think it'd been so nice to be involved with your character that you've got now, just to have that part of the story where you could, um, like I say, you could just have a little marker on the map at the, Quid- at the Quidditch pitch and you could head there and then have you tr- do some training and get in the team. I'd love that. So I'd, I was disappointed that weren't in. Um, but so far, early doors, um, I think it's well done. I think the school's really you know, graphically really done well. You do feel like you're in Hogwarts. You're in, the, you know, I was walking around the common. I'd like a bit more interaction with people. Bully had more interaction on the PS2. Yes. That oh, common it room, it that common room might as well just be a white, empty texture as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned because I keep going back there in the hope of, like, seeing some school friends or getting a little store, side story going. Mm, there should yeah. have been someone permanently providing Hufflepuff exclusive content, Hogwarts, uh, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, whatever it is, content in that common room to keep you going back there. Yeah, to give you yeah. a reason to go there. Like there's a there's a mystery around each house, and maybe mm. someone is like, "Have you seen this? Hey, there, play unnamed player character. Have you seen this little crack in the wall behind this cupboard? Like, oh, hang on a minute, let's have a look. Boom, whole side story, good quality one around the origin of the Hufflepuff common room. That would be awesome. Mm. Um, well, we got the. Um, did you get the Amazon one? Do you? Did you guys get the Amazon version of? I got the Amazon version. There yeah, is so some, there's that Hogwarts. No, the Hogsmeade haunted Hogsmeade sort of DLC yeah, mission. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's part of the deluxe edition too. Mm, uh, yeah, I think so I could be wrong about that, but um, I think that's part of the deluxe edition. Yeah. I, I want to say, though, another, you know, a misstep, I think, in the this game is, like, um, George can probably attest to this. You'll probably get to this in a little bit, RGT, but, like, there's a dueling tournament in this game. And I, you know, I, I was talking about this game being half-baked. It's, like, you, the moniker is, like, you're dueling to see who's the best duelist in all the school. 
from okay. like in in this whole big school that you go to in Hogwarts. You're a fifth year student, by the way, and you only have three rounds of like duels that you go through. And after you win all three rounds, they just crown you the best duelist in the school, and you go about your business. You never really fight a fit of a seventh year. You never like progress. Uh, mm, you know, like, that'd be nice to have have to keep coming back every now and then and working your way up. As you're yeah, so for new. sure. I expected it to be a permanent side mission in that lobby Mm -hmm. for the whole entirety of the game. And when I finished it, I was pissed, man. I was so pissed. I was just shocked. I was like, oh. It almost feels like you're a bit overpowered to start with, doesn't it? Initially, I think the way I bounded into it, I did think, oh, this is a bit difficult. Um, but you know, because the spacing in that lobby is quite tight, and Mm -hmm. obviously the lock on doesn't work as well as it should. So you know, you've got to hit ones with a spell to break their um, shield bubble, keeping it simple. And then you can you can hit them with normal spells or whatever it is. Like that first area is quite tight. You can't really run away or back off or change anything. Um, a side note, even though it was a duel, I lobbed in chomping cabbage, cabbages, poisonous <laughs> plants, the whole bag of tricks. Like, oh, I you was, were cheating. <laughs> I wasn't messing about. Only the... The winner in history writes the rules. No one ever mm-hmm. writes the rule writes the story for the losers. So uh yeah, I threw everything at it. Um, but I just expected more. I just expected it. I think that's probably gonna be the takeaway from this game, you know, two years from now looking back at it. As as big as it was, as expansive as it was, it does feel a bit Assassin's Creedy in the fact that it looks, you know, great, a great representation of this place or that moment in time. But it's a bit like it's, a it's bit an like Ubisoft game. It, it is. is. It is. It's an Ubisoft game, but it's with a different color skin. And like, you're it, this is a game full of fetch quests, to where like some of these fetch quests are meaningful, but most of them aren't going to amount to anything. And you, the reward system's broken because like they'll give to, you to that end. Though this game outscored games like Horizon Forbidden West, which I've been playing recently concurrently at the same time. I missed it off at the beginning, but I've been playing through it again on the PS4. <laughs> played it and finished it on PS5. And I thought, as I was playing Hogwarts, I thought, hmm, you know, the, the 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 way you can get around the areas is a little bit nicer in that game. And the side quests mean a little bit. They're all just fetch quests, ultimately. They are. But in this one, it really obviously feels like a fetch quest. Oh, it feels like it. But, I mean, to your point, though, Horizon to me, and Horizon Ghost of Tsushima, I'll throw Ghost in there as well, are the best uh, open world games probably of the last like generation and in, including the new generation. Like their side quests have meaning behind them because like they actually have real stories where those those stories could also like they can be the main story mm. of an indie game. Like they the, even like, um, Harvest, yeah. Harvestella side missions all linked back into the story. Exactly. Uh, all, so you you felt like that you're not doing a fetch quest, you're doing something as part of, you know, that it was all linked to something that was happening, which made that, that, it really to worthwhile. To me, play. that's important. And it shows like a higher level understanding of not only the content, the game, but the gamers as well. It's respectful to a gamer's time. I don't mm. want to have to go to Hogsmeade to pick up some random object to bring it back because they couldn't be bothered. What use, mm. what effect does this have to me? Mm. And I like in the dialogue, you get two choices. You can either just give them it and take the XP, or you can hold it to ransom and get mm-hmm. some That's uh, nice. value out of it. Uh, I just give it away every time. So I'm like, I literally just want the XP. 
Yeah, and that I think that's the point, though. I'm like, imagine if they had a morality system to where you'd be slightly closer to a being a dark wizard if, like, mm. if you held it for ransom. I've it's if you're going to be bully and fable, lean into being bully and fable. Like, lean yeah. into that, and mm-hmm. like, I don't go halfway and then like say, "Hey, we don't want to upset people," or like, "Hey, like." We're only going to do this to a certain extent, like cross that line, like be like be what you set out to be. And I think like I think the narrative here is just like go hard or go or don't go home or go Mm. home, you know, like, you know, bring it all the way here. And I think that's I I, you know, I'm be real with you. And I, I hate to say this, like, I don't know if this was a Harry Potter game. Like, I don't think this would have scored very high. Like I there's that's what I was. That's the point I was trying to make. I I just don't. It's had a boost off it being Harry Potter, and we've wanted to see this for a long time, but it shouldn't give it a free pass. Hmm. No, no, like, and I'm, you know, a lot of y'all didn't play this game, but like, this has a lot of the same elements as Forspoken. It, a lot of the same elements. It has the same kind of fetch quests. Forspoken has zippier action, zippier combat, and zippier traversal, but Forspoken also didn't have the lore and pedigree behind, like, the ip of of harry potter behind it i'm like it one pound for pound the they're very similar games if i'm being honest with you like mm. don't get me wrong forspoken's got its problems but uh, quite frankly i'm like a lot of those problems that people have with forspoken are the same problems that show up in hogwarts legacy mm. this starts to sound like we're not liking this game but do you know what's annoying is i'm enjoying it i'm, I'm really it. loving it i'm re- yeah, i know it I'm doesn't sound it. like we are when you listen to what we're saying on the show but I'm really loving it. And it's one of those games that I think that's more than some of its parts. Mm. Uh, on, on the subject of that, I went with just whatever template. I just clicked go, 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 go. I'm not that big into character creation, to be honest, because I can't do it anywhere near as well as the games can do it. So I just went with the default character. I even slapped some glasses on him. Uh, it just felt right in 1890s England for him to be wearing glasses. What's your character creation scenario been like, gentlemen? RGT, who are you running around as? Um, a bit similar to me. I've got some glasses similar to mine, done my hair a bit similar, and that was it. <laughs> okay. So, but other than that, I'm pretty generic as the character. I don't do much character. I'm the guy who played through as Vanilla Shepherd in all the Mass Effects. You know, that's my, that's the yeah. guy I am. Yeah. So tell me about your character creation, and and did you delve into that suite, and, and what did you get from it, or did you just go template? Yeah, no, I, I dove into it a little bit. I try to make the character look like not necessarily like me, but like a hey, have a couple of features uh, similar to um similar mm. to RDT, but like yeah, have a couple of features and then kind of dive into it. I really want I do want to shout them out because like this is way deeper than they had any right to have a customer suite, like a customer characters ca- mm. customization suite. Like they go into depth. I mean, like from like hair follicles all the way down to like glasses from sizes, different things like that. Like they didn't have, they didn't have to go as hard as they did on that aspect. And I kind of wish they would have went harder on like took some of that effort that they gave into that and just passed it on to the regular yeah. game as well. I think they like, knew the hardcore Harry Potter fans were buying this. And what mm-hmm. does every hardcore Harry Potter fan want? They, they want, want to be study at Hogwarts. Yeah. They want to be in Hogwarts. So I think they've really, they don't, you know, they went deep on that just so people knew they'd sit there and tweak, try and make themselves in, in Hogwarts, I think. Yeah, it, it, the crazy thing is I, I really enjoy the customization options that they give to you mm. here, but... Like I, you know, I, my big takeaway from like that aspect is like they, 
maybe that was resources that could have been better spent in other areas, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, better. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad for people who can make themselves look exactly like the wizard they want to be. But like, I almost would rather have a fleshed out combat system that would have given that would have given you more abilities, more powers. I would have almost rather have a morality system that would have gave you a better sense of like, Hey, this is what it's really like to live in this world, and there are consequences to all your actions because, like, mm. there are stories. In, one of in the this... um, to oh, that to that point, one of the things that cropped up to my mind as I was playing it, I thought to myself, this character creation suite. Let's put that to one side for a moment. I think the game would have been much stronger if they'd had two characters, male and female, whatever it is. That they went hard on. They did develop a name. That's what she said. If they'd have just, (laughs) much like uh, Fallen Order, that said, this is the male character for this game. This is a female character for this game. This is their in wizard name. You can't change it. You can't do anything about that. You're going to play through as Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith. And therefore, we can make the narrative a lot tighter. Something about that character Mm. creation suite to me screams. Oh, J.K. Rowling a while ago said some controversial things. Therefore, we need to make sure we have got every single thing covered off in this. Therefore, the creation suite's going to be bigger than it has any right to be, given the effect it has on the actual gameplay. It just feels like a box-ticking exercise. And I would love to have seen this game literally say, this is your default character for male, this is your default character for female, this is a story about it, mm. and this is the journey they're going to go through. Because then if the name had been hardwired into the actual script, the immersion for being Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith in this game, and they actually call you by your character's name, where your character has a little bit of a backstory, I just feel it would have actually, yes, it wouldn't have been as inclusive, but would it have been a better story? Yes, I think it, it would have. It would have been, but I mean, like, I that's that's just narrative direction. It's just like I I could say that about any game where there's like a where there's a custom character almost involved into it. And it's, I believe I believe that to be the true as well. Mm-hmm. Be- you know, for an example, Outer Worlds. I'm again. I keep forgetting these games and what you've been playing. I've been dabbling in and out of Outer Worlds. You spend you can spend ages in the character creation suite, much like Cyberpunk. What's the point? I never see him. Mm. At least, at least, like on Cyberpunk, they you're V. Like regardless of what you do, you're always V. That that and, character. and that helped the na- and the that game's biggest point is actually once you get through all the the noise about it, you know about what it was and what it could have been at launch and what they promised and all that sort of stuff. What pulled you through that game was that really great narrative. It was the story, actually, the journey of V. And I think equally, Hogwarts probably would have benefited. Um, from just going down the route of two playable characters, I will. Mm. I will say, like this, this whole game feels like a stepping stone game, and it's, oh, yeah. I was thinking it, that definitely, yeah, definitely, it feels like a stepping stone game to where, like, I, I playing this game, I'm having fun with it. I might only get thirty to forty hours of enjoyment out of it and, and pass it off. But like, what my big takeaway is is like. I look at this game and think to myself, like, after seeing this, I can't wait to see what y'all do next. Like, take the, yeah. all the lessons you've learned out of this and really, like, build on this. Because, like, you got something here. It's just, like, this feels like volume one or this feels like... Sort of the, test bed, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. This feels yeah. like foundation one. 
yeah, to that end, you know, you're walking long grass or in mud, no interaction with the environment whatsoever. And there's, there's, you know, by the time Hogwarts Legacy 2 rolls around, I think the game is going to look even better. Mm. It's going to be more playable. It's going to be more... But the thing is, have they shot their bolt? Is this literally all the side quests? They've got to go off and write, you know, 400 hours of extra dialogue and content. Uh, it must mm. have been a big game because each house has got a different story or different mm-hmm. missions as well. Um, mm. So there's there's lots going on there. Uh, I think a sequel is the most obvious thing on the horizon right now. And I think, you know, if ever a game already has cried out for one, it's this. Mm. Yeah, yeah the Unreal is going to be a real gem, though, to them. I'm like, putting this, um, put that, the new Unreal, I think, is going to really help the, the development process for, for this mm. game. And this is run on four, isn't it? Yeah, on this, yeah. 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 So got this game's been development for a little bit now, so... Like I think the the new Unreal is going to help that, and then like if you add on to everything, like I I think the turnaround is going to be quicker because they have a lot of a foundation in place there. Got a lot of the assets already drawn. Yeah, mm, got a lot of that yeah. stuff going on, and then like you, I think if I were them, I would spin off and make a side like a side smaller game while your while your big team is making this, and I would just like do that single player um single player straight lace experience where you're playing as the or so to speak and you just have to take down a group of dark wizards and you just kind of like and this could be the bully whereas like an, your another game in this universe could be your um sleeping dogs so to speak where you're playing as like a or who's taking down villains who's like trying to just like take down a a maybe conspiracy different things like that where you're trying to like straddle the line of whether or not you're going to be a good or or a bad or that sort of thing like this this game like could be your template to a lot of different games in this genre i think i think in a way it probably will be mm-hmm. um okay so i think i've dwelled on my negatives i think i've also delivered up some positives is there anything else you guys want to impart about your hogwarts experience um, yeah, I, it's worth playing. It, mm, the game's definitely. worth playing. If you're a Harry Potter fan, like if you like the game, if you I mean if you like the books, if you always wanted to play a game in this universe, check this game out. Like it's mm. worth it's worth the price of admission. It's just there are some faults with it and just I, knows I, it comes I, with I, some caveats. I'm gonna throw in another addition to that to say that even if you're not that keen on Harry Potter, there's enough of a loop of a game in there. I know I've moaned yeah. about the fetch quest and everything, but if you're thinking, oh, I could do another open world game, I'm sort of between Assassin's Creed right now and blah, 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 blah. blah. This is mm. your best next game, okay? Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely. got yeah. that sort of kinetic combat. It's got the fetch quest. It's got the open world. If you don't know anything about Harry Potter, but you're mildly curious uh, and looking for a new game, I think this one could do you well. Mm, definitely. And you'd be into Harry Potter by the end of it, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, so yeah, p- people check this game out. It's like it's worth it. And if you feel like this isn't like this game isn't quite in your bag, but you kind of want to check it out, I'm like, wait four months for a sale and then get it. But definitely mm-hmm. check this one game out if you're at least the least bit curious. RGT, what's your parting thoughts on this one? Um yeah, I think you're bang on it. If you if you're not into Harry Potter, but you 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 know you're into your Ubisoft stuff, if you're into your your Assassin's Creeds and bits and pieces like that. This could be right up your street. You don't need to know a lot about Harry Potter um, to to get into this game. It's quite an easy pick up and play and get into. Um, 
Seems a really good open world so far. Hogwarts is brilliant. If you like that sort of exploration and open world, yeah, I'd recommend anyone to play it. Oh, one, that, one last thing. The enemy variety needs work. Like, good Lord. Once you hit that 10-hour mark, you start running into the same five enemies. Yeah, yeah, that, really? yeah that's... I don't know what more they could have done, but... Yeah, that is frustrating. And they're all, it's not even though they've got really any variants. And to that, that again, it's immersion breaking. I don't know where they've put their time into the open world or or, or where. Obviously, it's it's a very expansive game. So it's easy to see where the time went. But uh, I'm beating on it again. I shouldn't beat on it. We're saying good things about this game right now. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, this, beautiful game. The- this is the most seven filling game that feels like it punches above a seven. Like mm. it's like if if I had to score it right now, it's an easy seven. But it feels like just the lore and everything they deliver feels like a eight or nine. But it's a seven filling video game. You know, like everything about this feels like the game itself feels mid, but like the lore and the aesthetic pulls it to a higher plateau. Mm. Yeah, completely. I think. In that way, the review scores make... thing is, I'm doing all this talking. Well, I'm just thinking about when I can next get my hands on it. You know so, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be playing as often. <laughs> it's, it's magical in a way. It shouldn't. It's more than the sum of its parts, very much like, you know, Potter lore in the first place. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm re- very excited for the inevitable sequel um, mm. because I think that will be absolutely gangbuster as far as this, this game goes this is video mm. games fast food like to mm. the t to where like you're you're not expecting a gourmet meal like you're playing this you're enjoying it you'll keep going right back to your mcdonald's or burger king um what have you because like you know what you're going to get and you like what you're getting there but like this isn't like the creme de la cremes of like the world you know you're not getting a a like a five out of five like chef meal there like you're not going and you're not getting a steak or filet mignon from like a fancy sort of restaurant that is like playstations ghost of Tsushima, or horizon forbidden west like this is video game fast food but it is really good fast food mm. Mm. yeah definitely and i think also with harry potter as such um such a tight story and how many years it's been going and the fans know it inside out so yeah, we are being critical in little areas, but I think you're going to because it's got such a base to it. You're always going to look at them little areas, you know, them little nooks and crannies and just make sure that's as close to a Hogwarts sort of life as you can get, really. But mm. definitely, I'd def- if you, if it, even if, like I say, even if you're not in Harry Potter, if you like open world, just just give it a go, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Well, that draws a line under, is this is is Hogwarts the best licensed game of the year? Spider-Man is going to beat it. Spider-Man's going to beat it. <laughs> Star Wars could possibly beat it. Yeah. I think Star Wars, I think both are going to beat it, but I think Star Wars, like Spider-Man's probably going to be the creme de la creme. But like, I, think I think the takeaway from it. that, though, is this is just three licensed games and would a myriad of other bigger games and larger experiences and tech and, and other stuff that's coming out this year. This is going to be a, 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 a cracking year mm. in video games. A man that does well out of cracking years in video games it's the Ray. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there's a rumble at the bottom of the driveway. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot, what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and the dodgy copy of Battle Friend all this week. These are new release highlights for the week February 13th, February the 19th, 2023. Listeners, these are out in digital, physical, or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be. Oh, they could be. Region dependent. Here he is, Spring Stop. Wow, wow. You, Boba Loba, if you're listening to this point. If not, Boba Loba's mother, we're very grateful. Um, Mikey Wrestling, we need to incorporate him into the show now. He's he's popped mm. up in the Discord. Yeah. Um, checked in on Gaming Gram the other day. He's doing he's doing well. He's mm-hmm. Got a few things going on, so he's keeping Periscope down, you know, dive in depth. No doubt he's going to unleash a torpedo or three into the Discord in the near distant future. Um, how am I seeing Ray? Today. Mm. Ray's looking a bit weird to me. He's appeared to me as almost like a Russian doll. He's turned up <laughs> as himself, as I normally see him. But he's holding a miniature version of himself that to me looks just as real as the large version. But that miniature version is holding a miniature version of itself. Wow. And the hole just gets deeper. So Ray has appeared to me in some sort of weird multidimensional way. Um, my only question is, although I'm seeing a man-sized Ray, what if in the boot of his car, there's an even bigger version that's holding that Ray? Mm. Oh my goodness. And how far down the rabbit hole does this get? Is there an atom sized Ray? I, to be honest, this is Ray is most dangerous. Mm. How, RGT, how mm-hmm. are you seeing Ray this week? Well, usual in his fine form, he's normally turning up to me linked to what we've been talking about, and he's he's turned up like a slightly stubbly Moan and Myrtle. Oh, I like the reference there. Yeah, but it, but he's wow. in well, but he's in Wellingtons. I' gonna go on the record and say the movie portrayal, which is played by an adult actress okay. i'm quite sweet on moaning myrtle so the fact that ray has turned up mm. he's like moaning myrtle with a five o'clock shadow i can get into that okay that's dangerous to mm. me he's put his mullet <laughs> he's put his mullet into pigtails he has a mullet mm, right yeah. Yeah. He's, he's basically like britain's theo von <laughs> 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 Seb, how are you seeing this this wonderful character? You know, um, Ray to me. Uh, do you know the character of Chun Lin from Street Fighter? Yeah, Chun Li. Like, Chun Li. Thank you, thank you. I said Lin. Um, but anyways, yeah. Um, Ray's wearing that outfit. He still looks like <laughs> a upside down bowling pin wearing that outfit. And wow. And yeah. Yeah, but you know, for some reason, the Ray kind of has this sour expression on his face, like that he expects great, great things out of all of us. And yeah, it's 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 crazy. He has a sour face. He's still the upside down bowling pin, like built looking Ray. He's just wearing that 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 outfit and everything like that. It is a scary looking Ray today. He's not in Crocs again, is he? No, 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 no. Oh, he's actually. 
No, he's wearing the you know the Japanese style sandals to wear like they're the wooden blocks. Yeah. The the weird wooden sandals. He's wearing those. I don't know. Maybe it's in honor of like Street Fighter Six coming out soon, or I don't know what if that tickles his fancy. I don't know why, but like the the Ray came to play today and he (laughs) (laughs) The Ray came to play today. <laughs> Butter things to get your notepad out. Um, okay. How are you seeing the Ray George? Uh, like I said, as a version of himself holding a miniature version of himself, but that miniature version is holding a miniature version of himself, and I can't even see how far down the rabbit hole that goes. Infinite Ray. Is he haunting you? He haunts. Once you've met Ray, you don't unmeet him. Every time you buy something from another place that's not from Ray, he haunts you in a way. You know, he'll either infect, he'll either make sure your next piece of fast food tastes like garbage. He's working behind the counter, or if you buy a new car, it'll put like an, an unfortunate little rattle in it because you didn't buy the car from him. That's how Ray, that's how Ray dishes pain. Ugh. Listen, I'm going to reach into the back of his boot, pull out. Outzone for the PC, February 14th. Blast through alien hordes as the finest cyborg mercenary in existence to emerge victorious. You'll need to manage time and resources skillfully. Toa plans run and gun smash hit finally arrives on PC, reloaded with new features, quality of life extras. That's not my mummy mummy rate. Let me have a little look. I don't know what my mummy my, 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 my is going to be, right? Uh... But that's not my issue right now. Gentlemen, what are you taking out the boot next? Uh, ten dates. PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and probably the Commodore 64. Um, February 14th, <laughs> ten dates is the sequel to the interactive rom-com five dates. Uh, Misha, a millennial from London in search of that elusive in-person connection, tricks her best friend Ryan into going to a speed dating event with her. Well, that sounds a bit random, that one. I think that sounds right up your alley. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one is um, Truxton for PC. Before you Feb- start on that, okay. RGT, is Truxton, do you think, the cyberpunk version of Trumpton? Might well be. be it would be odd if it was. <laughs> Cyberpunk Trumpton. <laughs> Truxton. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Seb's like, what is this? I was like, yeah. I don't even know right now, Seb. It's like an ancient <laughs> kids' TV show. But uh, tell me about Truxton RGT. I must Seb reading Truxton. Oh, God. Sorry. It is. Uh, it's all right. it's all He's even more confused now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, just, just a wee bit. The ruthless Gideons invite you to an explosive space scramble. Head into the mighty super fighter and disintegrate your foes in all directions with various upgradable weapons. Talapalan's no frills vertical shooter Truxton speeds onto PC with new features and quality life updates. Hang I'll take the next minute. one as well. What's I, 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 Talaplan. They've been busy this week, haven't they? Raced on a deal with Talaplan. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about and, the next one. All right, I got the next one as well. Twin Cobra for PC for February 14th. Blast 
platoons of tanks into smoking craters and conquer air and sea from the sky's fastest attack choppers. Toa plans coin op. <laughs> My goodness, Toa plans on a roll. For K. <laughs> For K. Coin op shooter twin Cobra flies to PC with fresh features and quality of life updates. Oh, they've been cracking out the overtime this week. Uh-huh. Hang on, I've just noticed some of the What's this next game? Zero win oh. on the <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you want to get sweet to your to your Valentine, what you need to do is you need to make sure you've got Toa Plan's quad destruction going on. Because we've got zero wing, February 14th, defend the galaxy from vicious space pirates, seize your foes, and fire them back at their allies for devastating destruction in Toa Plan. Crikey, Ray. Early retirement plan, dear pal. Uh, <laughs> Toa Plan's legendary horizontal arcade shooter and source. I just kicked my own mic stand. Of the popular meme, all your base are belong to us. Mm. That was Toa Plan putting a laser. <laughs> you were dodging the laser. <laughs> I think that was Ray hurting me for commenting on his ever-decreasing size. <laughs> uh, who's next? RGT. Wanted Dead. PC, PS5, Xbox Series of consoles, PS4, Xbox One, February 14th. Wanted Dead is a new hybrid slasher shooter from the makers of Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive. The game follows a week in the life of the zombie unit, an elite Hong Kong police squad, on a mission to uncover a major corporate conspiracy. Mm. Mm. I quite like the sound of that. Might be more hey, it funny. looks dope. I mean, mm. check out the trailer for this game. This game looks fun. Absolutely fun. Mm. I think that could be my mummy mummy. Yeah, it has a very Metal that's... Gear kind of vibe too. I mm. think that's a good call. I'm going to go out on, the, on, on a limb here and say... Um, not the next game, but the one after. I'm going to throw my hat down. And say it's a mummy, mummy for me. I, well, I said Metal Gear. I meant um, it's not Metal Gear. It has a Devil May Cry kind of vibe. It's Ooh. like DMC, like DMC kind of mixed in with um the Dead Rising kind of vibe. It is. It's a really. It looks like a really good time. I can't wait to get my hands on this one. So. This one for you, the next one is Wild West Dynasty for PC. February 16th, Cowboys, Settlers, and Gunslingers. Build your own ranch, grow it into a settlement, and soon more settlers will join you in your quest for happiness and prosperity. Will you manage to build a Wild West Dynasty, or will you end up in the gallows? You should have done that in a full-on, Cowboys, Settlers, and Gunslingers. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Okay, okay, let's see. Are you saying because I'm Texas that I would have a (laughs) Texas accent and bring that kind of flavor to that kind of game? I don't know, but business just picked up, so I'm all on board for this. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got Wild West Dynasty for the PC (laughs) on February 16th. Cowboys, settlers, and gunslingers, bring your own ranch, grow it it into the settlement, and soon more settlers will join you. I tell you what, will you join in your quest for happiness and prosperity? Will you manage to build a Wild West dynasty, or will you end up on the gallows? I tell you yeah. what, man. That's Gosh darn true. <laughs> okay, RGT, you need to do Pharaoh a New Era in an Egyptian voice. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't know, because I'll offend people. I'm not doing that. I don't <laughs> even know what that would sound like. No, actually, you could do it in an Egyptian voice. Where you go. Pharaoh a New Era. <laughs> That's how she did. The legendary city builder returns, lead the creation of the greatest civilizations the world has ever seen in this 
ABC 4K remake with modernized UI, build your monument, manage your population through hundreds of hours of gameplay, and explore 4,000 <laughs> years of history, more through more than 50 missions. You know, at first it was kind of very Indian, and then I kind of, I kind of heard the the Egyptian. Yeah, I I don't know, nor does anyone know what an ancient Egyptian might say. (laughs) I was, I was, I was also trying to set them up with some sort of slogan, the four K B C or four B C four K textures, but it it fell on. You know, that's why they didn't do it. It all pales, pales in comparison to Fur K, anyways. So it doesn't matter. Who's next? I, Is it me? I eh? cannot wait to see you photoshopped to be covering in, covered in fur. <laughs> or maybe I don't give a Fur K about what you're saying. <laughs> uh, or maybe other gaming engines don't matter because I've got my Fur K, Fur K baby. <laughs> I, <laughs> we, need, we need a shirt that says for, uh, Fur K or Bust. <laughs> 4K or bust. Maybe a picture of you like that. Yeah. If it's Hands not 4K, up. it's not me. It's, wow. <laughs> I don't know whose turn it is, but I'm going to have a go with this. It's Gigantosaurus Dino Cart. Now, this. Right up your alley, George. Coming out on the PC, the PS5, the Xbox Series, the consoles, the PS4, the Xbox One, its brethren, the Xbox One X, and the Switch, OLED, Lite, and OG. Rumor has it it's also on Stadia, Spectrum, and CFAX. Coming out on February 17th, raced around Cretacea as your favorite dino in a prehistoric kart championship almost as big as Gigantosaurus's appetite. Mm. If they all have Flintstones DLC, throw the whole game away. Yeah. Is it, what was that other game? BC Racers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> rover. Why? Where'd you dig that out? Where'd you dig up that? Races. Yeah. <laughs> Played out on the old Jaguar. <laughs> Jag. Played it on the. Is, was it on Mega CD? Sega CD 32X. It was one of those games that appeared yeah. on everything. Was it by yeah. Core Designs? It I think it was, was Core Designs. Core yeah. Design. yeah. Some sort of faux 3D effects on it, and yeah. If it's <laughs> not for a K, throw it away. Hogwarts Legacy if it's not 4K throw it away oh shout out to Hogwarts Legacy that load Um, of a cutscene every time I bend to pet a cat is a little bit egregious and it's got me to the point now where uh, I I don't want to do anything with those cats anymore Mm -mm. (laughs) black screen loading me petting a purring cat just if you can't seamlessly transition from the pet to the non-pet don't bother I will say, like, um, Hogwarts Legacy had one of the, the, like, the most, like, chilling moments that I've had in gaming this year of, like, whenever you hear, like, the intro cutscene after you get done with, like, the intro mission and it transitions you into Hogwarts and you hear, mm. like, that just slight variance of the Harry Potter theme song yeah. at the beginning mm. and it starts to really ramp up into it. I was like, let's go. <laughs> like, I was so excited. I was just like, I'm going to be a Hogwarts dude. Let's go. Like I, I love that moment. I, it probably had the most hype moment in video games for me in 2023 so far. Mm. So last one on our list, we have Wild Hearts for the PC, PS5, and the X-Bone. For Febu- it comes out on February 17th. This game is all about mastering ancient tech to hunt down giant, hunt down giant beasts. That's pretty much all the, it is. Their, their work experience boy, when he wrote wrote all the blurb for that, it was either on a bad day or it was about 30 minutes to five and he wanted to clock off yeah, on time that week. Friday, four o'clock, right at 10 to Lo- four. 
Loki, this is basically all he can say without saying, hey, this is EA's version of Monster Hunter. Peace That's out. exactly yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, only leaves us left to pick a movie at Ray's boot before he disappears. Gentlemen, start your engines. RGT, what's your VHS of the week? I am going to go for a, another box set this week. I'm going to go for the Red Dwarf box set. Dirty. Mm, Do you know what? I, I, uh, on that, and I don't know why this has just reminded me, I went on ChatGPT the other day to try it out. Gentlemen, have you tried ChatGPT? No. So it's this online AI that will pretty much write you anything. It's a little bit like an evolved search engine, if you ask me. Uh, I asked it to write weren't that great, but I asked it to write me an episode of Red Dwarf. Right. Red Dwarf is. It's a British sci-fi comedy. Oh, okay. It, they did try one season in America, but then that did Guess what? It actually pulled it off. Did it? What? It was a good sense episode. of humor. The sense of humor wasn't there, but the outline of the story was there. Really? In a in That's a red nice. dwarf style, yeah. So then I asked it to start writing episodes of other shows. And do you know what? <laughs> there were very summarized versions at times, but it actually nailed it. And then I thought to myself, okay, fine. I said, I typed in. Write me a document documentary about Shemu. Boom, up it came. First the intro, then chapter one, anal- analysis of Yu Suzuki. Boof, analysis of the tech. Boof, no, analysis on the impact this game has had. Boof, conclusion. In conclusion, I was thinking, if I was like a low-tier YouTuber right now and I just harvested content from other people and then put my own thing to it and got like a, a voice bot to read this out. In a world. Exactly. Yeah. License to print money. Mm. Scary. Well, George, George, you have stepped into enemy lines. You, you've you bet- betrayed us hardworking people, and you have joined <laughs> Team AI. You know, you've joined Team AI. I, I just wanted to see what mm. I was up against, and I'll be honest with you. It's scaring you. It is. I, to write... We've Next done week's script about, is going to be different, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chat GPT has been writing the script since day one. We've been the people that have been sort of smoothing off the hard edges. <laughs> GT, we're completely. Um, but no, like we've done a history of Shenmue show back in the dim and distant past, and it took me a long time to write. It was quite demoralising to think that maybe it didn't have the nuance of a human writing, but the the bulk of what was there was around about correct, and it was literally quite terrifying because it smashed that out in. 10 seconds, literally. Mm. Uh, you know, we have got a lot to be scared of as far mm-hmm. as sort of AI. But then I thought to myself, if this was attached to like Unreal Engine 5 and you just said, make me this game, and it went off and went and then spat it out half hour later, that's also And then all you have to do is smooth the edges, you know, like smooth yeah. the edges out and everything like that, yeah. Some yeah, of the transitions it's... between levels didn't quite make sense. Someone's got to go in and hand paint them in and sort out some of the dialogue. But other than that, this game's ready to go and it was it's ready tomorrow. Harvest is textured off the internet. I mean, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, scary. Uh, okay, so you gone with Red Dwarf. Seb, what are you taking? Um, uh, because you said you know, like RGT was a dirty boy for choosing that one. I want to be a dirty, dirty cowboy as well, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking all the rules today. I'm not going to go with a, a movie. I'm going to go with the TV show. 
that Last of Us TV show is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Loving everything that I'm seeing so far. The, the, I'm caught up. I just watched episode five, um, which came out Friday. Absolutely fantastic. I love the the iterations that they're going with. I love some of the the like side deviations that they're taking from like the main the main story. I'm I'm enjoying everything about that show. So I think yeah. the, the nod I think is apps what Neil Druckmann has done. I think is absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal in that series. Is if you've never played The Last of Us, you can watch this and enjoy it. If oh, you're yeah. really into the games, there's loads of little nods. Mm-hmm. Just to say to the gamers, we know what you, you know what this bit means. You know when she looks there, what she's looking at. You know, oh, yeah. uh, and even to link to Last of Us Two, mm-hmm. so cleverly done. I think just yeah, genius. Bit oh, right. oh my goodness, I love the you know not to make this into the Last of Us podcast, but I love like I love the use of music that they've taken from the actual mm. games and such like yeah. that. And like like whenever there's a dangerous situation, that little like that slight horror like music that they get from the game to where like that music that plays when you die in the game, that kind of yeah. like screech kind of noise. Like mm. they played that in episode five when a big thing was happening where it felt like a character was about to die. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. It's just the little subtle things that mm. they do in this. It feels like a, this feels like a big blockbuster project that was given like millions and millions of dollars that has like that same heart and love of the video games. And mm. I can't, I can't sing the praises of this enough. How you feel about George? I've only seen one episode. Ooh. I don't have the necessary platform in the UK to be able to watch it, but the one, the first episode I saw was absolutely wonderful, like yeah. top tier. Mm. And I'm looking forward to getting my mitts on it when it falls to one of the lesser known, uh, well, I say lesser known, one of the bigger <laughs> streaming platforms, uh, or it comes out on Blu-ray because I'll mm. buy it instantly. Mm. Yeah, um, definitely. It. it you know, for everything I've seen and read about it, and you guys have mentioned it, it's, it's right up my ally. Alloy? Alloy. Alloy. It's right Aloy. up my Aloy. Uh, Aloy. <laughs> yeah, you're getting her show like later, the, like later this year, early next year. So calm down on that, George. Calm down. What have we got? Like nine days to wait until I can submerse myself into the world of Horizon, what, not Burning Shores, Burning Shores. Call no, of the Mountain. Call of the Mountain. Mm. Yes. Yes excited i also pre-ordered kayak vr because it's the cheapest (laughs) (laughs) yeah just be honest while you ordered it i've got psvr coming in the box with the i needed something (laughs) uh i'll tell you one thing about that i'm quite disappointed with like yeah they've made sure there's loads of games that you've probably already got potentially but maybe not uh gt7 fully playable with vr um you know no man's sky is going to be PSVR 2 compatible out the gates from day one. They've redone Moss and all that stuff. All that costs money. If you bought the vanilla headset without the Call of the Mountain uh, code in it, you got nothing. At least the original one had PSVR worlds where you can be Mm. like, what is this tech all about? Oh, you know what? I can put Gram in the shark cage and that'd be cool. Um, I, I, I get an idea what this tech's about with the London heist. I can even go down on a luge and feel like I'm having a bit of an experience. This one's coming out and they're going to give you nothing. You know, give us an Astrobot or something with it. That's Happy- exactly what I was about to say. Mm. Give us Astrobot, even if it was just Astrobot Rescue Mission, but a VR2 version of that. Yeah, I think it would have been absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah. I, know I don't know do, whether. George. Tell me. You're going to play Kayak VR. You're going to get the two controllers. You're going to cable time to an ore that you've bought off Amazon. Already and got it. Inflate, and you're going to sit in an inflatable boat 
and you'll have Tom come round splashing water over you so you can feel like you're really in a kayak. Tom. <laughs> it's not even splashing water. He's just gonna, it's going to be in a mist. Like uh, He's just going to spray mist all over him. Yeah, Basically. we're on a budget though. So what what I've asked him to do, this is what I was going to ask him to do, is just to get some warm water in his mouth and then spray it over me Triple H style. Uh, I think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly like that's what I want. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, so what did I select? I think I'm selecting, oh, goodness knows, Mythbusters. Okay. Never the seen com- it. The complete... You're missing out. Google it. Get it found. Get it watched. It's your new favorite show. Oh, it's going to be hard to be The Last of Us right now. It is better than that. Oh, Blasphemous. That's bold. That is very bold because Last of Us is like, ooh, so good right now. Messaging on the Discord if I've got the wrong end of the stick here. But to me, Mythbusters, the Jamie and Adam, it's a phenomenal show. Um, With that, Ray has disappeared. All that's left on the floor is a full stop version of himself, which I might put in a jar to see if I can capture a little bit of the Ray magic. He obviously forgot. Does that mean that the the all-encompassing, the original Ray, is now going to be missing an eyelash because he can't recomposite himself into his full form? I think I'm overthinking this. Either Mm. which way, there's really only one question left on everyone's lips, and it's, gentlemen, what are you hoping to play this gaming week? RGT. Uh, Definitely more Hogwarts Legacy. Um, I'm still early game there, so I want to definitely get some hours into that. Um, start my new game, Plus and Spider-Man, get the Platinum on that, get that done. Um, Harvestella. I want to, no, I'm joking, I'm not playing Harvestella. What's wrong with <laughs> you? Not- you must have some non-game-related side content in there to sweep up, like you know, that last big harvest or whatever. He better not. He played it for uh, 300 hours. He He's a man, you know, that's it. fine. I'm done. Yeah, Harvestell is done. That's, that's back in this little case sitting on the shelf for all the other Switch games. Um, yeah, I'm going to play some more Night Witch, which is Seb's recommendation on his live stream. Um, which, yeah, if you uh, catch Seb's live stream and he's trying out new indie games and stuff, absolutely brilliant on YouTube. Really, what was really that? Good. What was that nautical one you were playing, Seb? Nautical one. Um, you talking about Tatuga? Yeah. That was, was it uh, Tatuga? Was that yeah? The one? Tortuga, yeah, like Tortuga, a pirate's tale is an mm. indie game where you kind of it's like the civilization but meets pirates. Um, mm. I think this it's just a good game. I think like the the tutorials are a little rough, like uh, but outside of that tutorial section, like it really starts to shine. Mm. I yeah. oh here's here here's one that uh, again I've been dipping in and out of several different games, but I tried Kingdoms. Grand Medieval or Grand Kingdoms Medieval off of the PS Premium. No, that's that, rough. That's a game that needs to go immediately. Yeah, I'm into rough. that era of uh, history. Oh, really? And I found it, the tutorial was disgusting. But then my guide for the next part of the early game popped up, looking like they'd been rendered on an Amiga. <laughs> What's wrong with that? at the time that would have been like you know real life now it looks dreadful it's mm. just awful the, the the tutorial taught me nothing so if you ever want a recommendation to steer away from it's that uh rgt apart from hogwarts legacy what else are you looking to play in friend oh yeah so it's just uh 
just to get that final trophy, Spider-Man, uh, Night Witch, um, probably have a couple of little games of FIFA, but that's what I always do each week. Um, yeah, that's, that's allowed back on the menu if Father Stella's gone. I'll be playing more, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll be, playing, <laughs> I'll be playing quite a few more retro games as I'm building up the hidden gems list for the following week. So I'll be playing a few more uh, things, which, well, I know what they are, but aren't the same, because obviously that'll ruin the hidden gems, but. Yeah, nice. I've got plenty lined up. So. I almost don't want to recommend you another JRPG to play, but if you like Harvest Stella, Stella, I pretty, I pretty much know you're pretty much going to love Live Alive. Yes, yes, I've got that ready to play as well. Live Alive, I've got that ready to play. It's never getting played, is it, at this point? I mean, Live Alive is at least a shorter experience yeah. than Harvest Stella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depends how yeah. you play it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Harvest Stella was a long one. Seb, what are you hoping to play this game in week, friend? Tell me all about it. All right. Um, I am going to probably dive into Wanted Dead, which was in our boot um, mm. for the week. I'm going to dive into that. And I'm going to dive into a little game that we've all been playing, Hogwarts Legacy. I The magic has got me. It's Mid. the magic. It's pumping in my veins, and I'm like, I give me all the, the mid-game <laughs> that I could possibly want. And this, if I'm being honest, this is... This is the perfect time for it. Like, let us just soak in on that Hogwarts and Harry Potter goodness before, like, all the beefy good games come out later this year. Because, like, even if this is a 7 out of 10, this is the most fun 7 out of 10 I've had in a very long time. So, like, mm. give us give us that and then, like, let this hold me over until I can get my hands on a 9 or a 10 out of 10 kind of game. Mm. So I'll be playing Hogwarts Legacy. I'll be playing probably One of Dead. And other than that, it's just... um all the indie games, like um, I'm getting swamped with so many indie games, like I can't hardly see uh, see the surface. So, just <laughs> not being disrespectful just... to indie games, but I think this year is going to be a tough year for them to maybe get the, you know, in quieter oh. years they can find that sort of in between big games they can find that little bit of a lull to grab hold of. But I think this year is so chock full right now that an indie game needs to be like top tier indie mm. uh, to be even get the time on people's hard drives. I, you know, I, I'd be right there with you if it wasn't the fact that, like, we don't have any big games coming out this fall. Like, other than Spider-Man, like, it's Spider-Man, no game is really scheduled for this, like, fall that's, that's a I big think banger. It's, it's only a matter of time before they we start to see the flowers blooming and growing in the latter half of this year. There'll be some pushbacks, some delays, and there'll be some surprises. Mm. Yeah, there, there's going to be. There's, you know, like you know, what is Nintendo working on? Like what they have two Mario studios that we haven't seen her seen or heard of do anything in a very long time since Mario Odyssey. And what, what's up with like 2d Mario in general? Like we haven't gotten one of those, like a brand new one on the switch as a whole. So this would be a perfect time for that. But like, I, you know, like there are going to be a couple of ones that I think are going to really shine and really surprise people and going to be like this year's Hades, so to speak. Like, I'm getting some strong good readings from um, Gunbrella, which is like just a like a game that looks like it's going to like take everyone's hearts this year. Liza P looks like it might be a pretty promising one that might be like the indie game of the year, so to speak. I th- you know I think like I think there's going to be lulls in between that that big the big like entry part of the year and then the later half of that year where like indies are probably going to rule the summer. You know, mm. Mm, they tend to that's probably their time isn't it let's let's face it um what am i gonna play hogwarts what are you gonna play george hogwarts 
He's I'm gonna find just... a new racing game to play. Everyone, he's gonna find a new racing game and a new nautical game. Is like as sure as clock. <laughs> oh well, the new MLB's poked his head above the parapet, so I probably need to pre-order that. Uh, that new, uh, the new special edition for that hat alone looks amazing. So I'm super stoked. I think that's going to be. <laughs> I say I really want that to be. I really thing is because it's on the Switch now. I think the graphics that we've uh. got right now are the graphics that we're going to get for a long time. Don't do yourself the disservice of playing the Switch version, man. Oh, I'm not going to play the Switch version, but the fact that it exists on the Switch mm-hmm. means that I feel like the next gen of true MLB that we've been waiting for... It's going to um, get locked. It's going to get locked in and we're not going to see it. It's as good as it's ever going to get right now. That's my take on it. If this one comes out and they show me some amazing things... I'll, you know, I'm buying it anyway. Let's hope face I, it. Hope I don't do what they do with FIFA on the Switch because that is trash. They, they literally have a a Switch port. Man, a it Switch is port. It, it, it is terrible. It is a lot of PS2 stroke PS3 graphics, and they just keep that same engine, that same game every what year. What do they call it? Legacy edition. Legacy, and all they do is just change the names of the players and the teams, and that's the well, same well, game. I tell you what. If that meant that the Switch version of MLB could come untethered from the next-gen versions and they just got legacy MLB with the latest updates and the graphics as they are and we got something that looked like I'm watching the TV, yeah, I'd be I'd be, yeah. I'd, I'd be willing to sacrifice the Switch on that pyre, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are, you know, like um, that's, you know, like the the the... NBA version of um on the Switch is like actually really good. It's actually like a standout version, but like WWE has done terrible versions on their games on the Switch as, as well. So I'm like, I think that's the way to go. Just release the bad version on the Switch port. But like there's there comes a point when you ask like you ask yourself, why bother? You know, <laughs> like why mm. bother? Because people then, buy it, Seb. If people yeah. buy it, that's why you bother. Yeah, that's terrible. That's this show's mantra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T-shirt. So, yeah, T-shirt. I'm very, I'm very harsh to this show, but it's part of the sense of humor around it. But I'm not totally convinced everyone gets it. But you know, we're top tier. This show's top tier. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been in the top ten again in the UK. What more can we ask for? And we're up amongst big boys as well. So, someone, we appreciate everyone out there that listens to the show. Thank you for your time, your effort, to the support. If yeah. you've got this far, if you've got this far. You're hardcore. You're hardcore. And if you're hardcore, you're in a Discord. Mm-hmm. So grow a set, get up there. Because my heart helped, my heartfelt plea last week got people in the Discord. Amazing. Okay, let's do another one. If you've got this far, you're on your way to work. I don't know. You're skinning a crab. Whatever it is you do for a living. <laughs> you know, it's all cool. Um, Don't sit there lonely. Don't sit there thinking these characters that we come up with, these people that we talk about in the Discord aren't real. Get in the Discord, have a conversation with them. Find out what Boba Loba's favourite sandwich is. If you've ever wondered what roast roast snake (laughs) monk, who is he? Okay. Maybe he's the guy going around putting my logo on everyone's comments. Okay. (laughs) Roast snake. Got another imposter. Yeah, roast snake. I don't even know what I said. I don't think I could say it again, even if I tried. Uh, you know, we've got Badabingster, we've got Ginge, my son, my adopted son in, in there. You know, if you're not in the Discord and you want to meet these people, get in there. Do it mm. now. And if you want to go to OLL in April to meet us in the flesh, find yeah. out if we're real. If you want to see Stingray for real, right. 
the mm-hmm. actual Ray, who's actually the star of the show, we're just mm-hmm. his understudies. He can't mm-hmm. talk, therefore that's why. If you want to do all that, get yourself on the website, get yourself some tickets booked. Gentlemen, I think that's all we have time for this week. Listen, oh, no, before we go. Oh, wait, Seb, no, you do this. What now? Before we go, man, before we go, I just want uh, a couple of things I want to shout out. First of all, uh, you know, I want to give my thanks to both of y'all for being amazing co-hosts on this episode. Y'all have been absolutely great. Um, too kind. Yeah, is, y'all have been absolutely. Y'all have been absolutely great. I really have enjoyed, you know, being on this episode because this episode is really, I think, one of our shining gems. You know that we've done together. So shout out to y'all in, in that point. I want to say, you know, happy Super Bowl day to everyone who celebrates and everything like that. <laughs> That everyone <laughs> celebrates. I know a lot of people in the UK are probably going to be asleep when the Super Bowl is on. So, just German what... listeners are going to think it's just like a large bowl of sauerkraut. They got no idea what a Super Bowl is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so you know, in y'all in Germany, I just want you to send all your well wishes to my team that's actually in the Super Bowl this year, my Philadelphia Eagles. You know, so send your best wishes out to there, and then. You know, we mentioned the Discord. There's a couple of people in the Discord. Shout out to all you, uh, all you new people, especially Mikey Wrestling, who's like a really dope person. If you want to really talk to someone who's ingrained in like the wrestling video games, he's the perfect person. He's played every single one of those. So another reason to join the Discord there. And last but not least, check out the Single Player Experience podcast because we got some dope episodes coming for you. Um, we have our AEW Fight Forever preview um episode that's. That's out, and then yeah, yeah. So if you want to hear about all about AEW Fight Forever, the good, the bad, the ugly, what we think about it, and such like that, got that coming out. We've um, spoken to a couple of key indie developers, um, you know, about about to shadow drop some games. And so if you want to know about some good games, you should keep an eye on in 2023. Check that out. And then one of the shining episodes I think you should definitely check out is like. Some I had the key game lead from Digital Trends, one of the biggest, um, te- one of the biggest tech, tech um, sites in the world, onto the show, and me and him talked about some of the dope games that you should be definitely checking out for twenty twenty three. And he may have dropped a couple of nice little previews from like the gossipy world about like some Switch news that you want to hear about. So if you mm. want to know about all those, definitely check those out. And then I'm officially stopping the show to invite george onto the show for the first time ever because we have we have a we had a couple of listeners who are also ucp listeners who sent me a request through through the nethers they they captured an owl and sent it to me across this across the pond so to speak oh they my. Said, was it alive when it got there yeah, it was live. Yeah, the thing flew, looked like he's tired, beat the beat to heck and back, but he was live when he got here. But one of the reasons why I wanted to send the invitation is because we had so many people who reached out to me and said, we want you to do a MLB deep dive episode with this man right here. Ooh, yeah. That's and the man. So, so I am Thanks, issuing, mommy. I am <laughs> issuing a crossover episode invite. Let's do a crossover UCP single player experience episode where we just get deep, dirty, and all the the filthy about the MLB. It could be on both platforms. I'm definitely down for it. How do you feel, George? The new game or just all the MLB games in general? Uh, we're just diving into the new games, I guess. We can talk about, like, I played the last year's edition as well, so we can talk about the d- differences 
the pros, the cons, and everything in between. And plus, you played all of them, so you can bring your history to it. Why don't we? Why don't we hold? Let's. You've got my promise. Let's do that. But why don't okay. we wait until the next twenty three comes out, and then we can really do a, an all singing, all dancing smash fest on that. Yeah, that that's my proposition. It's like we do a deep dive into into MLB twenty three. Awesome. I I couldn't imagine anything more <laughs> better for me to be honest. I couldn't oh, get away with little face, that. It's I well get away with it on the single player. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do it. I mean. Yeah. Send me the yeah, papers. So- yeah, so everyone, you can check that and check that out. It'll be coming soon. MLB will be coming out. Um, what is that like early, later this month? That's April. Early March, March, uh, April, April that, time, isn't that's, it? Yeah, that's not that's not very far. That's not very far. So yeah, it, that game is also on Game Pass. Everyone, by the way, stop it now. It feels it feels so wrong, but don't buy it on. Five. Don't get it on Game Pass. Buy the full. Buy the one with a hat. Get the full special edition, or you're dead. I'm gonna pay seventy dollars for the hat. <laughs> you're gonna pay hundred twenty dollars for a hat, Seb. Oh, okay. My bad. My smile, bad. smile now. That's how it feels <laughs> to buy an MLB special edition. Nice. Uh, at least, it, it, uh, tell me it comes with like all the games, though. You get like the MLB pass with it. You, Seb, you get a hat. That's it. They like no, you don't you even get, get like to, <laughs> to watch the games or anything. No, you get a hat. You get a steel book. Um, you probably get four thousand legacy points, whatever drivel that is. That's the section of the game I do not even play um, at all. There's only one part of the game I play, literally, and it's Road to the Show, which is probably one of the most lacking so career modes in a sports game. It it is nice. Mm-hmm. But an MLB, we're wasting, we're burning content here. MLB I'm 22 sorry. was amazing because in the first part of it, you were getting these podcasts, very generic, you know, this player, this and this player, that. But, you know, it made it feel good. But as soon as you got outside of that first season, oh, it's the podcast rough. stopped and it just reverted back to MLB, what felt like MLB 16 at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. It got stripped there. Um, but, you know, that grind of the calendar and, your guy sitting in the oh that needs to be better, doesn't it? Oh, God. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> anyway, we'll, get, we'll dive into that later down the road, everyone. We're about to sign off. George, take it away. Okay. Well, are you ready now? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Twenty minutes later, I'm ready now. You uh, can finish the show sorry. now. Okay. All right. Well, that's all we have time for this week, listeners. Always thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial control. It's what you do that that counts. See you guys. Peace.